Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's good, Internet? It is Monday, December 16th, 2019, and you're listening to Wake Really? Point That's Radio. how we come? Okay. The hot episode. takes one was supposed to be next episode. <laughs> 286. I'm your host, Austin Walker. I'm joined by the hot take squad. Cotto in Brooklyn. I'm not in Brooklyn. I didn't know we were... Let me be honest. Let me. Hey, folks. This is Austin here. Uh, speaking one-on-one. Let me turn this chair around real quick. Uh, I didn't know we were recording a podcast today. I thought we were recording one tomorrow afternoon. And so this morning, I sent a message to the chat to be like, we're recording tomorrow afternoon, right? And Kato was like, yeah. And I'm like, all right. I almost went back to bed. I was like, you know what? <laughs> no. Maybe I can make this weekend roll on into Monday. Fuck it, man. I'll get another let's hour. start the holidays. Yeah, let's go. And then I was like, you know what? No, let me be responsible. Let me be awake. It's 10, it's 10 a.m. That's a reasonable time to be awake on a day. All you have to do is this podcast. And then, like, 30 minutes later, Kato was like, I'm heading down to the studio. Yep. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> uh, so if I feel unprepared, if I come across as unprepared, under-researched, un- un- underslept today, that is why. Also joining us, Patrick Klepik, Rob Zachney. Presumably ready to do a podcast. <laughs> No, <laughs> you presume too much, my friend. Ah. I knew this was happening, but uh, rather than sort of prepare content and takes for for the week, I prepared pizzas. Oh, you prepared pizzas? You, you, wait, you, so you wouldn't Hold make on. a lasagna sandwich? You made pizzas instead? Well, I mean, I'm I made. I'm getting ready to go home to Chicago, yep. and I was like, if I'm going to be in the home of the deep dish pizza. I should make some deep dish pizza so that I have like my you baseline made to compare deep dish it to. Pizza? Yeah, that's ambitious. Wow, it is dangerous. Is this because of our pizza conversation we had when we were out there last week? We talked about how good homemade pizza is, and it requires very little effort, but it's like a thousand times better than anything you could buy. Because it's true. That is true. That is true. It's a bit of that, but I don't need an excuse or a prompting to live that pizza life. Okay. Um, Except it's. For the- it's- the prompting of going to Chicago and you needing to like sink your soul <laughs> up with the city before you make the, the transit. Well, this is if I really wanted to sink my soul up with the city, I would have just bought some good hot dogs and topped them correctly, mm. and that would have that that would have gotten the job done. Uh, no, I, I I mostly I'm just kind of tired of the uh, like the granny pizzas I've been making, and so I was ready for a change, and uh, decided gonna like. See what's what about that Chicago deep dish, and then mm-hmm. also also to get right with the Lord, I also made uh, some New York style pizza over the weekend. Wait, so is I imagine like the the big lift on making deep dish is the crust, right? Like it seems like a the the, the filling. He's shaking his head. Rob is no? like you amateur, you fool. You no, it's actually so it's the assembly and the baking. 
Um, the crust is really easy. Uh, most okay. recipes I find are like a single rise, uh, you know, all purpose flour dough with um, a little bit of cornmeal. It's really easy. The, the, the version I found that I like the best is just cooked entirely in a cast iron pan. Mm. Um, the trick is this is where the casserole comparison proves itself to be fucking valid. Um, <laughs> the thing takes forever to bake through. Uh, and so the thing you can't do in, I'm not even sure this is ever a good idea, but like, say for instance, you're doing like sausage, a, a stuffed sausage pizza, right? Like sausage and spinach. If you put that sausage in raw in the pizza, it will cook, but it won't have a good texture. Yeah. Uh, and it'll take forever to cook because the thing is this giant slab of pe- of dough, cheese, um, crushed up, uh, tomatoes, to, to, for the topping, so you're just sitting there, and you have also it's topped with uh with, with crushed tomatoes, right? Mm. So the thing you usually look at to see is this pizza done, which is like how's that cheese browning up? That's not going to tell you shit, man, because <laughs> the tomato sauce continues to look like tomato sauce. Uh, so mostly you just have to go by like what how the crust looks. But anyway, yeah, no, it's it, it's it's pretty easy. It's just that all the ingredients sort of have to be cooked separately. And then put in the uh, in, in the pizza for sort of a final long bake. Um, that's still easier, however, than the New York style, where um, if anyone who's watched Making Perfect knows, the part where you take it off, like where you try to like launch yeah, the pizza wow, off good, the peel. Rob. Yeah, it it was good, man. Damn. Well, wait, there's, there's photos. I gotta see these. Yeah, photos. sorry, I mean, interrupt you, but I just I was, I was taken by this. Ooh. Found the photo. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm that gonna that good as hell. Yeah, that thing is. Uh, so that one, it looks like a soup. Yeah. Got so a soup, that's uh, look. That's not meant to be a condescension. I'm just. It's just got like a. Uh, I don't know. A soupy aroma. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, it's. Uh, well, so it it's a stuffed spinach sausage mushroom pizza. So mm. the spinach uh, yielded up a little more moisture than I wanted. So there probably is slightly more liquid at the top than would be ideal. Um, and that might be where you're picking up that vibe from. Uh, but yeah, it Love was, it. it was good. That's the, that's the version, the, the V 2.0 uh, pizza. Um, it was, it was delicious and enough to feed a family for a week. I love your Twitter feed right now, Rob, because it's from it's a preview, I think, of everything going on in your mind, everything you'd like to talk about today. We see, I see uh, a line uh, about the Mandalorian. I see a jab at Joe Biden. I see uh, a little bit of bread you won't give the recipe up for. I see. Uh, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm ready to give that recipe up. Oh wait. Oh, did you? Okay. I'm gonna like I'm gonna do it. Okay, not right like, the second, but like in in a post in a on a forum. Yeah, no, post I, I, the, I think I, I I tested it and I was like, you know what, this recipe is shareable. Plus, I went into the dish course and I saw yeah. the chocolate chip bread pe- uh, like recipes that people were finding, trying to like reverse engineer what I was describing, <laughs> and I can't let my people live like that. <laughs> Wow. I was looking at the pictures people were posting of yeah. like what the like the recipe photos. Right? That's the best version them. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, no, no. What you, what are you doing? This is we, very can't, good. we can't handle that. I see here. Uh, Wait, what oh, is this other Patriots picture? So you can see where my conviction. So that's in po- the podcast channel. Oh, I see. So that's the New York style I made the other day. <laughs> oh, um, boy. That thing was beautiful. 
Except <laughs> I had it on the peel. Uh, and those are huge slices of pe- like the 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 size differential. Oh no no that's on- that's Rosette de Leon. Don't worry about it. Please please Patrick. <laughs> I thought it was a good soprasada. No, it's, uh, it's those are still huge. For- like that's a that's a big. Ow. Yeah. Oh I yeah. No, it, I, I bet it, that tasted great, even though I'd say the presentation has something leaves something to be desired. What's that like pizza monster? <laughs> I'm trying to think of that. It's coming to my head when I look at this pizza. The pizza monster. Mm. The Ninja uh, Turtles. Pizza oh, the Ninja base? Turtles did have a pizza monster, didn't they? I thought they were the pizza monsters. Pizza the no. Hut. Pizza the Hut. Maybe that's what pizza I'm the Hut. Of. I don't know what's coming to mind. Oh, but. like the Noid. Did no. the Noid fight? Oh, here we go. Here it is. Uh, I'm going to paste this. We're like digging into our subconscious here. <laughs> oh, my ah, God. Yeah, that that's Pizza the Hut. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm not oh, a fan I hate of that. that. Oh, Pizza the Hut. Um, oh, Monster Squad. Great movie. But yeah, like I was trying to, I was going to be like, ah, I'm like, I'm like running my own little, uh, you know, <laughs> my, my little lower Manhattan pizzeria here. I'm just going to shoot this pizza off the peel right onto uh, the pizza stone in the <laughs> oven. The temperature is registering at a toasty 560 degrees in there. So it should cook well. Here goes. And I start like, I start to make the move. Oh. And. Part of the pizza lurches forward, but it doesn't come off the peel, so it just starts bunching. And like, so I'm trying to unmold it in right. this like 560 degree oven, and like try not to touch any of the metal around right, me. You will just instantly. Oh my oh, god! Oh yeah. Um, also, pro tip: like, if you're cooking a thing in a cast iron skillet, you've probably really conditioned yourself to just grab hold that cast iron. Be real careful about where you leave that out. Yeah. Um, oh. After you're done baking, because. Uh, the other day, I definitely just started to grab the handle. No. Uh, it wasn't a good scene. Yikes. Uh, but anyway, so I've gotten some trying to unmold the pizza. I eventually like panic. I realize it's never coming off this fucking peel. Uh, so I have to transfer it to the back of a baking sheet that I've just like covered in cornmeal in the hope that like eventually <laughs> that'll come that'll come off. And uh, then I got it in there. But like you can see the damage it did to the structure. Yeah, but who cares? I bet it was delicious. It's all going. Oh my god, it tasted. It was delicious. I shotgun that while I watched the bear season end. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> and I, 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 I stress ate that. I stress ate that pizza, Kato. Yeah, there, you can. You <laughs> oh, could. No. I, yeah, you could eat that pizza in three bites. It would be god three damn. big bites, but you could do it. Also, then, I'm sorry for both of your losses this weekend. Eh, I'm not. You're ready. To, you're ready. To, we need a new quarterback. Let's go. I. I, 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 I didn't need my false hope. <laughs> Whereas I have just given in to the full. This is it. Eagles are going to the Super Bowl, baby. They, they look good. You know, Wentz, man, that's a quarterback. No, that's a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you know, going up against the Washington football team. The Washington um, football you know? team, uh, three and ten. Uh, so really, really made us you know dig deep is what I would say about the Philadelphia Eagles this week. Um, hey, you can't fuck I, around with those with those bad teams. You got to take them seriously. Even the Bengals, you have to <laughs> you have to scheme up and you prepare snap, and do you know? your research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No as easy is, wins. As is uh, uh, legally allowed, you can send an advanced scout. Just get a feel for uh, certain sort of coaching decisions the opposition might make uh they might not know exactly where to put a camera what to point that camera at what the the legality or the the rules of 
the NFL might be. I don't know why you would send but someone who doesn't know any of those things. Because yeah, of you course. know what's good content is a team-produced documentary about that advanced scout <laughs> um, that you just run on your team's uh, media outlets. Who doesn't, who doesn't love to hear about the advanced scout? But you can't get excited for the advanced scout work, scout's work unless you film the other team's practice. It is so. Can we can we dig out what we're actually digging out? You, you you may know as a listener to this podcast about video games that one of our favorite pastimes <laughs> is to talk about our dislike of the Patriots, our just like deep seated, you know, obviously a very successful team, et cetera, et cetera. Also, fuck the Patriots, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and uh, they the Patriots are a team that for. The last decade plus now have uh, been at the center of a number of scandals and accusations and allegations about tilting things in their favor, uh, both through stuff happening on the field, uh, near the field, before and after games, um, and uh, uh, including kind of getting footage of uh, opposition, like uh, coaching calls, learning signals, stuff like that breaking the rules as to what they're allowed to film. Um, the NFL film is really weird. That's a thing maybe worth setting up is that like you can't – you're not allowed to just go and sh- shoot film of anything <laughs> happening in the stadium uh, for your own use. And in fact, the NFL tightly controls all of the footage that is that is shot and some of it is given to every team after every week so that you can study your opponent's plays – so you can scout for what the next week looks like uh, or, you know, upcoming upcoming games. Um, but you're not necessarily allowed to go and shoot the sideline of your opponent and just kind of get into what their system is and what their, co- you know, kind of what their signaling is and stuff like that, because that would give you an unfair advantage. It would change the nature of the game that people are playing. Um, but it seems like the Patriots don't care about your stupid rules uh, <laughs> and we're, we're caught uh, videotaping the sidelines of the one and 13 Cincinnati Bengals. Um, there is footage of the Cincinnati security team catching these videographers. Uh, that is precious to me. That is, yeah, Rob's actually just did the mwah, kissed, kissed the air, agreed. What beautiful footage. What a gift. What, what an early holiday gift for us specifically. <laughs> well, it also feels like a video, just an artifact from another time. Yeah. Like, it's just a bunch of dudes with, like, <laughs> thick accents you don't hear outside a 19, like, 50s detective movie yep. in, in some ways. Or outside of a really, like, Boston crime epic. <laughs> and it's just, like, dudes having this conversation and this guy just desperately trying to explain this, like, in, like, this really, like, towny accent. Oh, no, like... You got me, but we can just make this video disappear, Chief. We Chief, can. I if can I hit delete. delete this. Yeah, yeah. It's gone. It's, it's uncoverable. Gone, kid. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> oh my god! It's so funny. Um, uh, you noted. You noted that like the security guys specifically have that vibe of f- feeling like mid-century hard-boiled detectives. Like, oh yeah, cracking the, the case damage open. is done, my friend. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> like, oh. You can see him turning on the lamp and like yeah. sliding the legal pad across the oh, table. Oh my just god! Like, why don't you, Why don't you write down your feelings yeah, and uh, show remorse? Tell me your about confession. your day. 
Um, Any conversations you may or may not have had. Anyone put you up to this? Yeah, exactly. You seem like a good guy. You seem like a good guy. I don't see. You and me, we're from the same part of town. Different town, same part of town. (laughs) Uh, The guy signing your check, where's he from? Let me tell you, he's not from our side of the tracks. So good. Um, And and, uh, I will say some of my favorite stuff here is definitely – the like you, you, Patrick, and I in our football chat had a conversation around the discourse around this that, that like almost immediately uh, from folks who want to say, why would they cheat with the Bengals? Why would they? The Bengals are such a bad team. They wouldn't need to cheat. And it's like, that's not why these people do this. They don't do it to win. They do it because they're paranoid. They do it because they're entitled to. Uh, Rob, I think you were the one who brought up Watergate, right? <laughs> Well, right. Like this is like that's kind of the prime example. I think we have this this problem of if we can't find a motive or a plausible motive for a thing or a motive that makes sense to us, then obviously the crime is called in the question because you need the three components mm-hmm. uh, of a crime. But like that's not really like motive is only useful for identifying the connections between a crime and a person, but. It doesn't need to make good sense. People do things for all sorts of shitty reasons all the time. The Watergate example is Nixon was on track to win that election in the very same landslide he eventually won it in. (laughs) Still wanted to, like, break into Democratic National Headquarters and, like, look at their material and, uh, you know, get, get inside information. And that doesn't come from, I need to do this to win. It's... I want to do this to hedge. Right. You never know. Uh, there's that there's good footage of, of when that footage came out. It was on like whatever the Fox Sports, uh, uh, you know, uh, news break was in between, during during the games. I think it was, was it on Sunday that this dropped or was it on Saturday? It was on I think Sunday. It was Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's just this great, you know, it's a room filled with sports, you know, commentators and analysts and former players and former coaches who are who are <laughs> now, you know, talking heads for for Fox Sports. And you have people like Terry Bradshaw, Terry Bradshaw and Jimmy Johnson just like, well, you know, why would they ever take a risk? Bill Belichick had to pay $500,000 out of his own pocket last time that they got caught cheating. I can't imagine he would do it again. And and uh, it is it is so I the way in which Michael Strahan was just like, nah, that's not that's not it, Chief, was so good for me in my heart. It made me feel good about there being like a black player in the role who could basically call into question that line of thinking and reemphasize that it is not about like, I don't give a fuck if they're going to win or lose. I don't give a fuck if he didn't say that, but he said it. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's, I it's, sense him saying it to me. There's this whole notion of, well, it's not really cheating if it doesn't actually give you a meaningful advantage. And, like, this is why, like, for instance, corked bats don't right. work. Like, corking your bat was a myth. It didn't make you hit the ball farther. Doesn't change the fact that, like, players who were caught with corked bats were trying to cheat. Right. Um, it's, it's a thing that says a lot about you and the way you compete. It doesn't necessarily affect outcomes. Um, but that's not why we have these rules. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird thing. Patrick, I'm curious what you make of it because – When I start hearing the actual rules governing the shit and how the NFL regulates this, it's like these are important rules, sort of, but they also sound like bullshit rules. And I feel like the Patriots are always in this gray area of like, yeah, but does this fucking matter? 
Well, yeah, because if the Patriots as an organization, part of the reason they're so successful is because they take every minor advantage and leverage it. And then that adds up to consistency and winning, like in addition to having like like really incredible coach and a shitbag, uh, but also very talented until his bones finally fall apart and <sighs> turn like ash into the wind uh, quarterback. Um, they, that's like, why, that's like you know, if you were to like to grind down why they're so good, it's they not only take every minor advantage and add it all up, but they also push the line further and further. Like they're, that's, that's how they end up cheating. It's yeah. like, well, <clears throat> is it cheating? Tell us it's cheating. Oh, it's cheating? Okay. All right. Well, it's cheating. Um, I don't even know if this thing is necessary. Like, I, you know, yeah, what they did is like, is is bad, I guess. And it comes across as skeezy, but um, like, I remember like, they've like rarely commented on like spy, their original spy gate from, from years ago. But like, there was some book where they, there was an interaction between like Robert Kraft, the owner and Bill Belichick, the coach. And was like, at the end of the day, like, how much would that actually have helped you? Like, if you had gotten away with it, and he's like, bottom of the list. But like, that's the that's the we're doing a bunch right? of other it's shit like- that that you should look at. That's that's where the real cheating is happening. <laughs> um, no, I yeah, definitely, I definitely get that. I, I think that the the thing the the case that was the most convincing to me was actually Strahan's, in which he argues this is not about. Uh, next week. This is about three years from now when a new coach uh, now who is now a new coach, maybe he's on a better team, maybe gets builds the, the Bengals up to be something of an AFC rival. Who knows? It's about building a dossier on coaches and systems, not necessarily about winning a game against a team you know you can beat. Um, and that is like one of the things that is so so tricky about this style of cheating is that it is about information. It's about like understanding what might be happening in a way that your opponent won't. And it's not a thing you have to do every season with every team because you will get caught that way. But if you just have a secret vault of tapes of everyone else's coaching you know, systems, of everyone else's signaling strategies, then that's something that you can refer to, that you can learn and internalize, that you can re- reflect on and make – can just be part of information in your head – six seasons from now where you go, wait a second, I remember this thing. And that's not a thing most coaches could even do probably. But if you have a coach who is already kind of like sharp about stuff in that way, who can, who can memorize those sorts of systems, it is an unfair advantage. Uh, And that's why, uh, that's why I'm finally boycotting the Patriots. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Big loss for them. We had to cancel them live on Waypoint Radio. (laughs) God, and that's the T. Um, I don't know. The, I like. I am always the weird thing is the sheer amount of small stories like this, and then there's weird things like players and coaches have complained for years about like radio headsets not working right in uh, Gillette Stadium when you play mm-hmm. the Patriots, and like weird stuff that like in the like in Boston, this is all seen as envy. This right. is all seen resentment as resentment by less successful programs and just like, you know, just just, just haters yeah. uh, trying to rain Sour on the Patriots. Grapes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because Boston sports is defined by uh, <laughs> massive success and an era of put upon grievance. Um, shout out to Dan Shaughnessy. Uh-huh. Uh, but the thing is, there's so much of this that you're always wondering, like, if this is like if they're if they keep getting caught by these with with these little things, 
like I always wonder, is there like a secret history of the Patriots organization that's going to come out in years to come? Right, seventy like, years old. The document yeah. will finally let me hit. T- let me tell you, you know? what's finally going on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Gronk's got some things to get off his chest. <laughs> God. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us for this mini episode of Waypoints that we snuck in. Uh, that's going to do it for. Oh, do we still we still have to talk about? I have a note here from Patrick that says the new game of the year is a short hike. Yeah, turns out. Yeah, so we're gonna have to re-record the pods, or at least like, can we dub some like a section in Cato? Right. Like, not even like record a new section, sure. just dub over I'll a just short. Just take hike. whatever's about to happen and just dump it into the middle of the game of the year. Uh, yeah, pod easy. Uh yeah, so uh, over the weekend, I had like a very rare opportunity where uh, my wife and my daughter, they were going to go visit with family and they were going to cook cookies all day. And my wife was like, you don't, do you want to not go? And I was like, Ugh. like, what are you saying here? Like, what? Am, how am <laughs> how I supposed I to judge this? how I'm supposed to yeah. respond here? Uh, she's like, no, like, she's going to be busy. The family that is going to be there aren't your favorite ones to talk to. Like, just stay home. Like, you're good. And I was like, oh. Okay, I, yeah, that's great. That I okay, I will. I'll do that. And so um, I wanted to turn that this Saturday into like, all right, I'm going to sit down and finally have that day where I try and go through a bunch of smaller games, try and find some stuff that I hadn't had a chance to play. Like I've just at this point just resigned. Like I'm not going to play Outer Wilds, Death Stranding, and Disco Elysium until <laughs> after this. Like it's just, it's just not going to happen. And so it was like, was, was it better to spend? eight hours with Outer Wilds wondering if I could somehow justify it at the bottom of my list or to spend that eight hours trying a bunch of different things that I could like fully play through and think through and evaluate. Um, And so I started out by like making coffee and then like asking on Twitter, just like, hey, like could people recommend uh, games you think are like maybe tragically overlooked, especially games in the independent space and the sort of like alt game space, like just stuff that, you know, you didn't hear people talking about, you didn't hear us talk about. Um, so I'd actually point people to my, that tweet. Uh, you know, like any given tweet where you ask for help, I expect like some responses, but I'm still getting response. Like there's like 500, 600 responses to that tweet at this point. Like it, it took off in a little bit of a way. So if you're just looking for things to play that maybe are a little uh, like uh, off the beaten path, like just go look at all the responses to that tweet. There's a lot of really uh, terrific uh, recommendations. And a short hike was so I started making like a list. It's like, okay, what can I check out? And a short hike just has this very striking visual look. Um, it was recommended by a bunch of like game designers that I respected, and so that kind of like shot to the list of a high up like maybe a game I should check out. But the, the trailer also sold me because like the look. Well, Kyle, you played this. Maybe you can help me try and describe like what a short hike looks like. But yeah. it's like it's 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 three D. It's pixelated. It's pixelated. So it's got though. like the pic. It's it's like PS one y, but it's like not hyper right, like, aliased, right? Like it's yeah. like the al- there's so much aliasing that it almost looks like sprite work. Well, yeah. Yes. If, if 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 you find a spot where there's nothing moving and you like don't move, it looks like a two D image, right? Like it looks like sprites. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I guess even I guess in the options menu, there's some ex- there's some you can like change like the level of pixelization. Oh, nice. Like there's a warning that's like, please don't do that. Like we, <laughs> we made, we set it for this for artistic reasons, but if for accessibility reasons, you need to change it, you know, go ahead and do whatever you need to do. Um, so it may, may have been fascinating to play that game without it. But so uh, to set up why, so why I, this game hit me so hard, let me set up a little bit of 
um, my history with the series uh, Animal Crossing. Um, I try to convince myself every time a new one comes out, because there's such a long window in between each new one that I'm sure everyone must have a series. They're like, I, wo- I want to like this. I want to like this series. Yeah. And then a, the new one comes along and you're like, this is it. This is the one. <laughs> and this happens to me. I did this with Pokemon for a while until I finally just realized, no, like it's cool. Like Pokemon doesn't have to be for me anymore. It's fine. <laughs> um, and Animal Crossing is also another one of those, especially because Nintendo games in general, like I just love almost everything they do. So it like strikes me as weird when I don't like one of the one of the things they make. And so what always happens with Animal Crossing is I am so charmed by the world, the characters, the energy, the vibe, but I don't like doing anything in those games. Like, I don't like customizing a room. I don't like the busy work. And I know those are exactly the things that appeal to people (laughs) that love Animal Crossing. And so I'm not asking Animal Crossing to change, but it is the case that every time I boot up an Animal Crossing, I go, damn, like, I want to be here and not do any of this. Like, just don't want to do this game. And so uh, my pitch on a slow, uh, a short hike is if you'd like, like, the vibe, energy, the world of Animal Crossing, but wish you could do anything else in it, like, a short hike is it. Um, so this probably works for people who already love Animal Crossing because it's just another vector in. But if you don't, um, a short hike has that same, like, Animal Crossing energy, weirdness, quirkiness. Um, what are the things? What things. are the things that so you're doing? Talk, you get talk to me into, a little bit. Yeah, so you get dropped into uh, this this world, and there's really no. It's just you're going on a short hike. You want to get to the top of this mountain, um, and beyond that, the game just says, "Cool, start walking around." And so you just start walking around, and mm-hmm. you can you can pick up sticks. You can pick up. There's a uh, there's a little more little setup, sh- which I thought was kind of. Well, yeah, neat, but you're oh, you, oh, yeah. So the reason you're going to the top of the the hill is that um, you can't get cell phone reception. You need a. You're waiting to get a call. You don't know what the call is about. You don't know uh, any context beyond you, you're waiting for a call. And so def- the only way to get potentially cell phone reception is to go to the, the top of this mountain. It definitely also read a little. It reads a little like you're you're like younger and like definitely not interested in like being outdoorsy and it's just going to go fuck off up to your yeah. to to use your cell phone somewhere. Fair. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um and so as you wander around like you run into a cast of characters that again feel like they were plucked um not like a copycat way but just feel like this could exist in an animal crossing sort of world um it's just, you know it's a lot of uh, anthropomorphic uh, animals it's a uh, right the writing in it is closer to night in the woods than it is an animal crossing mm. it has like a um internet speak sort of vibe in a in a good way um it's it's very funny clever uh writing um and occasionally like you'll come across what are basically quests but you don't have a quest log it's just sort of like, hey, could you go collect like 15 shells for me? Okay. Like, hey, uh, if you find me a smaller shovel, I'll give you this bigger shovel. Um, and so you kind of just start wandering the world. You don't get a map. You kind of have to just start like internalizing the space. But it's like I was getting, I don't know about you, Kato, but like I was getting very, uh, at first I was like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm going to go left and then right. And I'm going to like try and work out the space in my head. Yeah. And then I just said kind of screw it and just sort of like wandered and just yeah, decided totally. to let the world take me where it was. And I figured it was pitched as a game uh, to me specifically as a short game, a game that you can finish even if you exhaust everything to do in like 
two, three hours max. Um, and so I was like, I might as well just give myself over to the world and not worry so much about like min maxing as a, you know, I'm, I'm a classic person that if you give me a left and a right, uh, you know, down uh, two hallways, I'm going to go halfway down the left and then go all the way down <laughs> the right. And then also turn around and go back down that left hallway again. Like that's just how I explore spaces and games. Um, and I just kind of threw myself over to this and, and figured I'll just, start figuring out this map as I spend more time with it, which is what happens. And along the way, you just bump into quirky, interesting characters that um, there's a depth to them. It is not just surface level, like, ha like, look at me. I'm a funny fox that's running around. Like, you like run into someone that like is selling some stuff. And I don't, I don't almost <laughs> don't even want to spoil yeah, particular that, beats, that but like, good. Yeah, like the one where you're buying the yeah. the, the feathers uh-huh. and then you find out why they're actually yep. rate like wh- why they're actually trying to sell these feathers to make money. There's a couple times um, like that where it's just like it has that one or two extra dialogue like pieces of dialogue past the initial re- uh, interaction where you're like, "Oh, here's like a few more reasons and it gets a little more interesting than the surface level like I'm the one selling this thing, you know." And it uh, kind of does that yeah. in um, different interactions. Yeah, there's like a like definitely this game doesn't always prompt you to keep talking to people yeah. like but keep talking to people like exhaust until you get the the dialogue repeating because you're going to end up missing both some really just funny writing but also like there's like a decent emotional beats for characters you interact with for all of <laughs> 2 minutes. Huh. Um like it's really tight concise uh writing and the mechanics are so much fun too. It is such a joy to explore this world. The basic um setup you have is uh you're playing this uh i don't know owl a bird i guess a bird Bird i don't know what type of bird necessarily yeah Yeah, bird of some sort and so you can jump and then uh you know if you hold the jump button you can then glide um but then also very quickly you gain the ability to climb but you have like a such short amount of stamina but as you explore the world complete quests find hidden secrets you find things called golden feathers and golden feathers basically just like give you additional stamina and like, you know, within, I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour, you are now ca- like where it's uh, you're not capable of like traversing this space in like really interesting ways where you're 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 you can use uh, your golden feathers easy to extend your stamina while you climb or as an additional jump. So it's like mm. you can like jump three times in the air, then glide over, then climb onto the space, like work your way up this mountain, rest on like a little patch of grass because there's like. The, the the level design is like so clever in see, like seeming impossible the first time you're passing through and then you come back with more stamina and suddenly oh this whole new area opens up to me in ways um that it hadn't before and it's just it felt it's just such a goddamn oh go ahead yeah i just that specifically that part in that that way of exploring kind of immediately reminded me of breath of the wild and just like how things are like locked off behind how much stamina you have but like get like once you do have enough stamina you can basically climb whatever you see like there there are no like invisible walls on the island or anything like that it's uh it was very fun to kind of like find new paths once you as you like start gaining more and more uh feathers well, and I love this. Is also, one of the reasons I loved uh, uh, Gato Roboto from earlier this year, in that that's a Metroid-style game in which it's very short. It's like a you know four or five-hour game, and there's something delightful about starting at zero and then going <sighs> straight to a hundred really quickly. <laughs> and in this game, you go from having absolutely nothing to having. Uh, a shovel, a compass, golden feathers, um, a, stick <laughs> a stick that you can hit people with, but you're mm-hmm. not sure why. I'm not even sure it does anything except you can Wait, did just you, collect did the you sticks. Did you find the stick game? Up. 
the oh yeah with yeah. the volleyball beach stick yeah, ball yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah I guess but there's a stick there and like so the stick like, is provided yeah. for stick ball and, but and then there's a kind of tiny piece of dialogue when you pick up continue picking up sticks it's like I guess I'll just keep picking these up um, <laughs> and it's very funny and as far as I know there's not like a quest resolution you just have you seven just have sticks or sticks. whatever at yeah. some point um, whereas there are other items that you're picking up and and add up to a, a quest or or something um, you have a pickaxe you have uh, a water bucket, like you end up having like like fifteen different uh, verbs to interact with the world all over the course of two hours. Um, and so by the end of that two hours, it, there's such a density of things that you can do in the world. Um, and it was just, it was just so much. It was just fun. It was just like it made me happy. Like I, the tweet that I uh, I wrote promoting sort of the game uh, after I was like twenty minutes in or so was like. Uh, I think I wrote something along the lines of like, uh, I just screamed, this game is a fucking delight to an empty house, which is true. <laughs> like I did. Like um, I was just blown away by this game, like r- right off the bat. Like it just, it was just so joyous, so happy, so pure and all encapsulated in this short little experience. Um, and the, Kato, did you finish it? Yeah. Or so I was going to ask, you the- did you, I kind of beelined it because I was curious whether or not there would be, an, an end in that way but like yeah like uh-huh. that was the first thing and then after that I was like okay I'm gonna go have the rest of my day and that felt right in a way almost <clears throat> sure yeah with the rest of but- your day in the game or the rest of your day in real life <laughs> no in the game okay <laughs> I mean like yeah like it does, it does have sort of like an, trying to yeah. understand uh, it does have an ending and then sort of like a uh, sort of uh, an epilogue bit, but then is, of course, you know, just lets you like, hey, go keep exploring the island, have fun. But uh, like in the same way that there are characters with surprising depth uh, to their stories in a small amount of time, this game also in a very short amount of time, like the little bit on the uh, the top of the mountain, again, I don't want to say anything about what occurs, but um, it's like beautiful. And like I teared up and I'm like, what the hell (laughs) game? Like, wow, censored himself. it's so it, moved by the endearing and and sincere nature of the game. The, 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 no, the phone call. The phone call like yeah. is yeah. Like, it's a it's a yeah. It's a bit um, in a way that I was just um, the game does. It understands that it's like cute and snarky, and it uses that smartly with its writing to then like you're constantly surprised that like this. Oh, you shouldn't see this in a game like this, and then it works, and that's part of the charm of it. It's just. Uh, it's a great game. It's absolutely sneaking into my my top ten list. Like, nice. It's 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 a it's a great little game. Um, I would recommend. It's on Steam, but it's also on Itchio. Um, but if you want to like support, you know the uh the it's, I think it's just you know one one designer like primarily worked on the game. Um, they'll send. I believe you'll get a Steam key if you buy it on Itchio, and if you buy it on Itchio, then they get more of the money as a result yeah. of purchasing it there. So you know. Uh, you can still have it in your Steam library, um, but if you're interested in picking it up, and it's cheap, it's like seven ninety nine or, or ten bucks, something like that. And it is absolutely some of the best ten bucks you will spend on a video game this year. I promise you. Um, yeah. So go do that in itch.io if you're if you're interested. <clears throat> uh, Ken Kunzelman wrote about this game a while ago when it when it when it came out, and I think one of the arguments he made in his piece was that Short Hike feels like a walking simulator in some ways with with setting aside the the freighted baggage that term comes with but like it feels like a walking simulator but his argument is that what feels really different about this one is so many walking sims 
the destination is always kind of there in mind. You were always sort of homing in on the big reveal of what the plot is at the end. And Cam's argument was that short hike becomes really cool because of that, like what you were describing there as, eh, I'm just going to go this way. Yeah. I'm not going to go that way, whatever. The, that it becomes a game about the way we actually pass time in spaces where like there isn't this like mission or destination. There is in fact, just like just the hanging out and the wandering and the finding things that happen. Um, which that was an interesting way of sort of framing the game. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, you have a mission and, you know, that can tug at you. It sounds like it tugged at Kato like more than it did at me because I put that off until I'd done and explored, you know, most of the island. I looked up a like a walkthrough to see what I missed out on and I was okay with a couple of quests that I hadn't finished as being some of them were more busy work that uh, I didn't feel like I needed to, to finish off. But um, yeah, it's because it is. That's the premise It's like, ah, go get a phone call. Because that's the only place to get reception. It's not life or death. It's, you know, it's just like, yeah, cool. If you want to go get that phone call, head on up there. And so it allows yourself to kind of get lost along the way. And the and the level design is is built to be it's not confusing, but it's 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 meant for you to kind of not be line. It is meant to like tug you off here, tug you off there. Like the, just the way it sets up a bridge, the way it sets up um the, the 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 twistiness of sort of the different hike yeah. paths. It's like it's like going on a hike. Like if you've gone hiking enough, like you've gotten a little lost or you choose to go off the trail because like, ah well, okay, I know generally I'm going north, but what if I went east and then made my way back north? And that's a lot <laughs> of what ends up happening in the game is like, well, I'll make my way over there. And then t- you know, 30 minutes later, you've discovered six new characters and you're off, you know, figuring out what their deal is. And uh it also yeah, does a lot great. with uh, – it's like an isometric view basically the whole time and there's a lot of like moments where you like turn a corner and then suddenly like as the camera pans, you notice a bunch of things that you might have missed as like that were hidden behind things, things like that. So like there's always like something like, oh, wait, let me go. I see there's a chest over there. I didn't see that before because I was walking from the other direction and like you just like randomly will wander off the – whatever path you were even on. And it's also like the wayfinding in that game is like – kind of it's like hiking trails right like there's just like a sign every so often so you're pretty sure you're still on the right trail but like who knows <laughs> and so like it kind of yeah it um it often through its camera and like the angles it deploys just kind of like really like hints like hey why don't you look that way look this way yeah, i bit. wanted I, like i desperately wanted a map in like the first half an hour until uh-huh. i had to finally just like realize that it's not going to give me a map and right. that's on purpose and i need to be okay with that. And the, the the quicker you give yourself over to being lost as being yeah. part of the adventure, like you can, if you can start to turn off like your, cause it doesn't have a quest log, you know, it's like, you just have to kind of keep track in your head or like just, Oh, right. You know, you'll stumble across someone again and be like, that's right. Okay. Yeah. I was looking for that thing for you. I'll, I'll remember that. Uh, the moment you can just turn off those like very video gamey things, like, and just kind of give yourself over to the experience and realize it's been designed in such a way that, You'll find all that stuff along the way. Like it's the 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 map feels big at first, but by the end of it, you're like, oh, I know this like the back of my hand. I know <laughs> exactly what shortcuts I can take. Um, but getting lost along the way is part of part of that yeah. journey, and it's it's really only possible because it's two hours, right? It's because it is a short experience. It's like they're they're able to strip away. If that map was three times as big. Which on some level I'm like cool, like I would love to explore on that three times. As big. Like it's fun to it's fun to fly, it's fun to explore. Like I would love more of this, but 
it's, I, I don't know that I actually needed more of it. Like it yeah. works. Part of the of what works about it is because like really early on, you get a compass, which is useless. Like it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> it just points you. north. That's all you it need. Says, it just points. It just points in yeah. what direction. But you know what? Uh, none of the you know none of the markers are north, south, east, or west. It's just uh, arrowish that way, which I guess is t- you know what I mean. Like it doesn't do anything. Um, which is maybe the game's way at some on some level, like quickly winking at you to be like, hey, just don't sweat it. Like <laughs> just go enjoy yourself. Yeah. Cool. Well, it sounds really good. I've watched a lot of gameplay footage while you've been talking. It looks very charming. Um, I can I can probably sneak this in. This seems <laughs> two yeah, hours. It's yeah, yeah. It and even even if you don't, it's a game that um, you don't have to exhaust to have gotten. Some, you know what I mean? Like you could play, yeah. you could do it in an hour and be like, cool. I got you know, I'm good. Like I don't need to go. Like none of the quests. Again, there's no stakes to the quest, right? Like it's just goofy fun times and then occasionally you are actually like help like uh, Kato I finished the game looked mm-hmm. up all the qu- the quests that I missed and um I was fine with a couple that I d- didn't didn't get around to or somehow didn't run into that character but my boy my son who needed his money when I found out yeah. about the reason he needed the money yeah which requires you to do the only equivalent of a grind in that game fishing Trying to find. Oh, do you have fish. to fish? Well, I, was, I don't I, think there's any other way to get enough money. Really? Did you do it? Did you, uh, no, did you? I, I'm just. I've, I'm almost there on the amount. I think, but I've just been running you, around. So, did you buy the? Did you buy the hat? Oh no, no, no. Don't no. buy the hat. Okay, because that because you can do it. I would. I would recommend doing it a different path than I did, which was that <clears> I bought everything I could uh, um, at the store uh-huh. before I encountered this character. Gotcha. And so you can you can spend. All the mo- the money you have right. available to you, and pretty much feel like you've exhausted most of like the spare change and treasure chest along the map, and then you have to engage in this fishing uh, mini game, which is easy. It's lit- like it's the easiest fishing mini game. You hit B to, to cast the Good. fishing pole. Great. You wait for two uh, grabs at it, and then it comes in. Like there's no skill involved, but you only get money for turning in unique fish, ah. and so. It didn't take me long. Again, it, it took me like half an hour to like scrum together this money. But I like sort of finished the game, had the the emotional climax, and then did the epilogue and was like, cool, like I think I'm done. And I was like, no, I am not done. Yeah. I am going help. to get yeah. that man his fucking money. Yeah. And so I did. I spent an extra half an hour in the game because I had already like in a two hour experience become so emotionally attached. I don't even remember what the it was, I think it was another bird who yeah, yeah, was leaning up bird. against that ice Just hanging um, out <laughs> I needed to help them I needed to help them out and so I did and like so I did that and I was like cool quit like I did it <laughs> I finished a short hike because really it was not about getting to the mountain it was about getting that $400 that I needed to get for <laughs> that bird so bird needs that money well the bird needs the money you heard it here folks <laughs> Uh, our, we also need some money, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we can talk some more about some short games, and, and also maybe catch up on news from the Keeleys, which, which aired last week. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Someone is yelling outside my apartment. I don't know what about, but we're back. Uh, <laughs> okay. How's it going? How, Patrick, I, I know you played one other short-ish game. I don't know. Did you get all the way through? Yeah, I uh, um, acquired a game called Devotion, um, ah. which has a very good backstory <laughs> that I wish I could explain. It's just it's bug me in a couple of years, and I'll tell you. It's not even that good of a story, but it's... I, I can't. I can't tell it. Uh-huh. I can't say it on a. a, a <laughs> Patrick will go to the internet jail for telling <laughs> wherever the story. that is. I, I would go there. Um, but yeah, I, um, Devotion, which was uh, a game that uh, was universally sort of praised. It's a, a Red Candle Games um, with Attention was the game that they made prior uh, to this. That also was a really well liked um, short form horror experience. Um, Devotion came along earlier in this year, I believe January, February. I believe. Uh, uh, Danielle wrote about it. Um, she yep. wrote a review, and I think the game was taken down from Steam the same day that her review ran because mm-hmm. it went up a day or two after the game came out. Yeah. Um, and you can go read our coverage of the specifics of um, why it was taken down in relation to some some jokes slash memes that were related to um, uh, the leader of China that got it embroiled in a whole uh, mess of um, – things. Um, but that game has not returned, um, to, to purchase anywhere. Um, but a number of critics of, uh, that I trust were putting it really high on their list. And so I, I, it felt like it would be a mistake to have not made it through this year without, um, playing that. And, uh, yeah, I gotta admit, it's a really powerful, um, uh, you know, three, four hours at most closer to three, um, little story about a family, like a, a, a sad story about a family, but um, uh, one that's given uh, a lot of nuance, a lot of um, detail, like a, you know, part of the, I think horror is at its best when uh, the scares are derived from characters you have some level of empathy or sympathy for. And I think devotion, I think detention, the way people talked about that game, um, manages to 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 mine that to to great effect um i think i think even like the the scare, the scare jumps are the the weakest part of the game and the stuff that feels the most lifted from well that's what we we put that's what we put in here right like gotta have a couple of these um and they're okay <laughs> yeah. they're fine um but like at the core of what makes the devotion work is the you know the story of a fa- really the story of a father and a daughter and and their relationship and um how the various stresses of expectations <sighs> of uh, uh, the burden of expectations, uh, the evolution of husbands and wives and the expectations they put on themselves. A lot of this is like very specific to um, like the region this was developed, you know, and it pulls successfully from like a family dynamics that are different than the ones that we're constantly exposed to. And a lot of like Western developed media, which is like a huge part of why devotion I think is really interesting Um, because not that there isn't universality to a lot of what it's speaking to and about, um, you know, the relationships between uh, children and their parents and uh, husbands and wives and different forms of relationships. But it's, it's part of the reason it's so fascinating is because it's a window into a different culture and, um, 
and, and how that stuff plays out. And you just get to spend a lot of time, even though you spend no time with this family, you spend a lot of time with this family. And um, it, like the writing's really well done. The voice acting is really well done. Um, yeah, it's, it's, really, like a, it's really powerful. I watched some friends play this earlier this year. Um, and I, it is a really interesting horror game. Um, it is It is like pretty much confined to one space that you see throughout time, like over the passage of time. And, it's PT, and kind of like, but like, and yeah. like Pete, we're like part of this, the part of what was brilliant about PT is that it was more or less the same hallway. And then you were looking for the changes as you went through that hallway again. And that motif to a certain extent is, is repeated here. I'm not saying it's like influenced by, maybe it's influenced by, by, T, by PT, knows, I have no yeah. idea, but it, it also, you know, circular logic is very common in, in horror uh, media. So it's, a, right, it, it, is, right. it is part of the genre, but yeah, you're going more or less to, the uh, rooms, the same set of rooms set in different periods of time, like over the course of, I don't know, 20 years or or, or maybe a little less than that. Uh, and it's just the the way in which those environments reflect the state of the family, the the kind of uh, shifting circumstances of the family, both financial and otherwise. Um, and, and then just like, it is a sad game, like more than anything. It's a, it can be, it's a game in which you can get frustrated at characters because of what they do given the circumstances. And you can kind of like figure out how people in the family react to situations that they're in. Um, uh, but it is also a game in which, like you kind of said before, it is grounded in a, in a certain sort of sympathy. Um, it is basically a family in, in, in moments of crisis, in a big moment of crisis by the end. Um, and the thing that I respect a lot about the game is that it is not, by the end, it is not so much interested in the like scary monsters of, uh, you know, that, that can cause those jump scares so much as it is, um, interested in depicting a train wreck coming and you being helpless to interfere. Like I think once there's a point at which there's like kind of a, uh, the, the game says, okay, you've been to all these places once. Now you're going to go back to all of those places. Uh, you know, this kind of apartment, this house that this family lives in, and you're going to look for something in each of the places. And you're going to bring all that stuff together. It's, it's like a MacGuffin hunt. You know, it's like, all right, go get the MacGuffins. Um, and you're like, Man, fuck no! I don't want to get the MacGuffins. Like I, this doesn't go well. This is going to, this is going to be something terrible, and not terrible in the sense that it's going to be like a big snake creature, which would also be terrible. But in the sense <laughs> that, like, I am in, I am reenacting a series of events that's going to lead to a terrible tragedy that should not have gone this far. And you, and along the way, you can see all the, the places at which someone could have or should have stepped in to redirect what is about to happen or to, to kind of put this off the, the path. Um, and I just really, really, really sharp uh, in understanding the kind of like horror of family dynamics, um, the, the horror of like the ways in which, you can get in your head about uh, like success and types of success. Um, and there's absolutely a gendered element to this, to this stuff too, like the husband and a wife relationship. Um, and, and specifically both of them are, are uh, tied to the entertainment industry. Um, the ways in which they're youthful, they're, they're kind of like when they were ascendant and the mm -hmm. way in which that era hangs over them in different ways um, uh, is, is really fascinating. It's, it's at least worth, if you, if you don't want to go out there and find this game that you can no longer buy, um, you should at least watch a, a playthrough of it. 
Um, is it to, yeah, kind I, of a uh, the last five years dynamic where their career fortunes diverge, or is it a little more complicated than that? It is. It is more complicated than that because time is long. Um, so there are moments at which there is divergence in degrees of success, and there are also moments where it's just like, well, now what do we do? And like the reaction is different between father and mother. Um, and they put their investment in different places in terms of mm. what they want to invest in their their emotional investment, their degree of emotional investment, um, and and what and then and then you know the way this still just becomes a horror game is like how do you write the ship, uh, wh- who do you turn to, um, and and how are what are the ways in which you can get caught up in something. Um, how are the desperate p- preyed upon um, and who pays the cost when someone is preyed upon without getting into too many yeah, specific yeah, yeah. spoilers. But like it, I, we've been saying like, this is a game that takes place in a house um, and like obviously, yes, that means there is like domesticity and and gender and the kind of like horrors that, that can, can come up from those spaces are there. But it is not a game. There are other characters, so to speak, in the in the wings. There's the, the world exists outside of the house. The, the focus the focus of the narrative is inside of the house, um, but things from outside come in, and you occasionally breach the, the walls and go to go to other types of places. Um, and so the that experience <clears throat> means that like it's able to do a thing that I think horror stories can do really well, which is like when you are in a place where there is something terrible happening, who do you go to for help? And how often is it the case that like the person you go to for help is actually just going to like, like a vulture take advantage of the situation for themselves. Um, And yeah, it's good. It's, it's it's uh, a really interesting story without spoiling where sort of like the story ends up going. Um, (sighs) The yeah mm, um, yeah uh-huh. uh, the perspective it chooses to tell that story <clears throat> is fundamentally different than the way most horror stories choose to where it points the camera or like where where yeah. the perspective the 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 viewer is taking that information in from. Um, I, like, I realize this sounds like really I'm just trying not to give away like where it go but like it's a short you, game it's you like a usually giving, game so yeah you're, you're usually given distance and in this game there is an intimacy to um, a complicity um, that the player uh, plays part to that gives it um, just a yeah it's it's a lot it's different it's different I, than I, you than you normally get out of um, a story like this I want to say it, it is it I think you're totally right there but I also it's it, the the comparison to PT makes perfect sense but but there's a degree to which you finish PT and you go aha was I was I the bad dad all along right and like find out in Silent Hills <laughs> um, uh, and this is not that like I think that or or I think that this is to the degree that the question of, of complicity comes up, the thing that I love about devotion is that its its perspective is not like it isn't like aha, like it's it's you or it's no, not, it's to, it's it, just sad. It's, it's like just, it's sad top to bottom. Like even yeah, like even well, and it, it it basically still and at the end of the day is interested in giving you the perspective of the people who are hurt. Yes. In what happens, uh, and giving voice to the victims of the horror more than giving you the titillation of being the horror yourself, um, and that is that is like when you're in this material and you're trying to be transgressive, you can very easily fall into the like, you know, 
pull the mirror up to your face reveal end and that is not what happens here like there yeah, the ending of this game is genuinely not super surprising and shocking in a way that left me again sad instead of instead of like ooh yeah you're st- i mean there's there's ooh and you're still angry but you're also yes, like you're yes. you're given a window into the perspectives of uh a number like the you know essentially the two main characters the the, the father and the daughter in a in a with a level of interiority that I found surprising and allowed for a story that otherwise could have often you go into these like, ah, and you see jittery, you know, demon creatures around the corner or they're banging their head against like, you know, this game has a lot of tropey stuff that you, you find in stories like this. And I think is the weakest elements of it that I think maybe they just felt like, ah, these are the aesthetic trappings of a story like this and didn't necessarily feel subversive felt more like, yeah, this is, this is what you do in these stories, but the actual story it's telling is 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 exceptionally, um, exceptionally well done. There's some parts in the third act that I th- thought maybe were a yeah. little over the top and went a little long. Um, could have tightened up that third act, and also didn't need the hallway sequence. If you know what I'm talking about, Austin, uh-huh. where, I do. with the doors that seemed yeah. um, taken from a different. There's a different v- version of this game that is more <laughs> of stuff like that. And I, it just seemed uh, a little over the top. But uh, I, th- I guess what I'll leave people on is that. Uh, yeah, if you don't have an opportunity to play it, like someone can't like share play through Steam or something like that if they already own it, I don't think you lose a lot by just watching someone play this game. Um, you know, I there is obviously always to some level, uh, you know, an advantage to having the personalized experience of exploring a story, especially one like this, on your own. But absent anything, like absent not experiencing at all, I think you can get the vast majority of what you would get out of it by watching someone else play the game. Or I guess absent you know, a chance to buy it, you know, there are things like no commentary walkthroughs that yeah. uh, I'm surprised are allowed to continue to exist on YouTube, but um, absolutely do. Um, and, uh, you know, go buy their game detention and then, you know, go watch a no commentary walkthrough of the game if you want to kind of experience the closest thing you'll get to it um, without controlling the keyboard and mouse yourself. It is definitely, it is one of those games that's like, so um, the fact that it's not available to purchase is not unique to it uh, in the in this broad world of video games, and it's one of those ones that brings into into uh, focus the fact that we are entering, we are going to enter an age as more games are for different reasons taken offline or can't run on modern hardware or hardware has just broken down to a certain degree. Well, but it's also um, just specific where it's a year where it's going to win game of the year from some places that's and you thing. can't pay, right? Like it's, we expect, yes. we, we've cynically come to expect that for games that are five, 10, 15 years old, like not usually this is my favorite game of the year. And also you can't play it. <laughs> like that is wholly unique to, to devotion. I think there's also an element to which we think about like, you know, oh yeah, one day you're not going to be able to play the division two with people online anymore. And you're not gonna be able to play through any of that raid content because the servers are going to be down and no one's going to be playing it. And you're like, yeah, okay, I'm good. It's okay that I can't do that. Or you say that out loud. And and like, yeah, it is okay. It is fine. But but there, it, it is one of those things that it's still difficult. So like, for instance, uh, and one, it's interesting just to see games, you know, game companies try to keep that stuff alive where they can. I'm still playing through Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, and I realized, I, oh my God. Long story okay. short, uh-huh. long story short, sure. uh, there is a, an entire mode for just getting players in, players who are past that content to do the old story content that 
first-time players have to play through. Because, like, through the main story of that game, there are moments where, like, you have to do a raid or a dungeon with people. And, like, the people who... The people who have passed that stuff and who can run it successfully very easily don't want to do it. So they have to like specially <laughs> incentivize you to sign up to do that after you've done it once with extra XP and shit like that. Um, and it's miserable because you can't skip the cutscenes. So for you as the player who's played these dungeons before, you were stuck rewatching the same fucking dialogue for an hour of like a big main story cutscene. It's like playing the last hour of a mediocre Final Fantasy game. Um, but you, they can't, they can't not, they can't let you skip the cutscenes and run ahead because then the new players who are playing that content wouldn't get to watch the cutscenes. Um, and so it's like they have to try to incentivize you to suffer through that shit again. It's also not particularly good. Um, and so there's a degree to which it's like, and that's just a game that's still alive. That's a game that's still running today <clears throat> in 10 years when that stuff is not available what we will have is video footage what we will have is like long plays with no commentary and it is very weird to think about that as a major aspect of the way in which big parts of game history might end up being experienced long term like mm -hmm. i think a lot about the matrix online not only for all the reasons i always think about the matrix online which was that it was dope <laughs> um but like there wasn't obs when the matrix online was out um Twitch wasn't around when the Matrix Online was closing. Uh, and so I wish I, it, it is, it wouldn't have been enough to have just had those things. And it's not like there's no video footage out there of the Matrix Online or the Matrix Online closing or all that shit. But there were so many special little moments there that were, would have been better documented if we'd had those tools and would almost scratch the itch for me in a way that. It can't be scratched now just by dialing up whatever footage I can find of the game. Um, it's 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 for me an argument for better. Uh, it's an argument for the value of of things like long plays and live streams. It's just like here is one vector by which we can still historicize the games that disappear, um, whether because of reasons like devotion or because of reasons of servers going down or services going down or whatever, especially online. Like so many other games are in fact just cannot be played without a server being up now. And it's like, okay, those games are going to disappear at a certain point in time. Um, so something to think about as we, as we travel like a forward. demon souls, right? Like yeah, where you totally. can go play that game, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, not having, the messages not having invasions like yeah you can still play demon souls but like some part of it doesn't does not exist anymore yeah but like you said most of those games not going to be the be the best game of the year on someone's list so that's no, what kind of also, the demon Souls servers went down you know 10 years after the fact right, or whatever exactly so. uh anyone have anything else before we talk a little bit about some of the announcements that came out of the game awards i will say i'm very happy we were wrong about green day Green Day <laughs> we were wrong Saber. on a lot of fronts. We yeah. were, we we on we were right about some things. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were right about some things. Sure, but we, but but you know, it was, no one called say, a shout out to Marks. No one called the shout. Well, no one called the win that the the four wins for Disco Elysium, which was very exciting yeah. to see. Uh, and then yes, the the team behind Disco Elysium absolutely got up and and said. Uh, uh, God, what did they, what was their, I know that they shouted out Marks and, and Engels, but I forget the word for word, um, but it was good. It was good. Something like they, informing our political yeah. something, you know, like they gave like a real, um, you know, 
Yeah. They, well, they, they, they thank the people who went before them. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember the list of people, but they ended with Marks and Marks and Engels. Yeah. Uh, so, so good. Uh, and then, and then in general, it was a weird show. Um, it was, you know, I, I feel like this was the most celebrity the show has been since Spike oh, yeah. era. Um, but I wasn't as irritated by it because I think it reflects a general blending of those two worlds that has happened actually in the time since. In a well, word, in uh, a- I think Alex Navarro nailed it like a couple days for the show when he said, stop comparing the shit to the Oscars, start comparing it to the Golden Globes, mm. and you will feel a lot better about talking about this show, which is true. Like yeah. Golden Globes is way more of a, you know, stunty and messy affair um, than, than some of the Oscars. Not to say the Oscars is like pure. It's a weird metric. Well, the Oscars is terrible. It's the the whole other thing. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, of course, right? Like, but it's this inferiority complex of like, oh, where's our Oscars? Oh, you mean that dog shit, like self-referential show every year that is consistently a guide to what movies nobody will remember in 20 years? It's 50, 50. It's like, sometimes they get it right. Most of the time it's, Political bullshit, but and also and also most of the time it is, it is out of date. It is it feels yeah. like out of touch rather. Um, th- this made me feel out of touch. I I don't think I was excited about any of the reveals. I don't think like I found myself reveal after reveal just being like, "Pooh, video games, huh? Cool, <laughs> yeah." They exist. I'm not into basically any of this. And that's a, obviously a me thing largely because one, you know, all it would have taken would have been Dragon's Dogma 2. And maybe I'd be like, you know what? It was all worth it. <laughs> but like, to what degree is this? Man. This was such a we are holding our fire for when it's really time to roll out these councils. Yeah. Consoles. I mean, yeah, yeah totally. Like, this was this is a year before the we will the new consoles will be out by the time the next game awards happen. And you're totally this right was there. this was the does this do anything for you? Uh-huh. Like game awards. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it was very much that. That's that there were some cool things. Yeah. Name one. The uh, weird West. West. Come on, it's audacious no. that it started with like the Xbox Series Wait, X no? as being at a reveal. I'm not interested in it, dude, at all. I, w- I was like, that was the thing I was most disappointed by because it was the thing I was most, I was hoping that it would be a thing. The team on Weird West is a, are people who made games I like, like the like Dishonored, right? That's fair. The video did nothing for me. Yeah, I I'm not going to get excited. I'm, I'm still I'm interested the in what they're doing. I'm past the point now where I'm going to get excited because a, someone who made an immersive sim I like is going to make a new game because I've because I haven't been super excited by that exact like output for the last decade. Um, Weird West, for people who don't know who who, who may have missed it, uh, is an action RPG, which is again part of the thing for me is like it's an isometric action RPG um, from some of the folks who made Dishonored, from some of the folks who made Prey, set in a like. A weird West. It's called Weird West. It is Weird West. Weird West is a genre. Weird West is like frontier West storytelling, kind of Western storytelling with a lot of like horror elements, um, some like sci-fi elements, like very, but very like, you know, twisted creatures in the dark uh, and ancient curses. And sometimes there's a werewolf or two. Um, and it's just like, this is going to be one of those games where I'm like, I should give this a shot and then I'm not going to like it. And like, I, I, there's a point at which I'm like being honest with my own taste. Do you know what I mean? Which is like, how many isometric action RPGs or RPGs have I tried to get in in the last six months or six years and have failed to because it's a good idea 
on a format that I just don't fuck with anymore. And that is not a that is not a judgment of the game quality so much as me being honest about my taste. Uh, and I, it's like I'm not I, that trailer did nothing for me. I don't know. And then why are you excited about it, Rob? Because you you seem to be intrigued. No, I mean, it's it's a fair point. The trailer doesn't do a whole lot, but I am curious what um, Rafael Colantonio and like some of the other Dishonored folks might make if they change formats, right? Like, sure. The, I guess the thing in my head is I am very curious to see what they would do in light of Divinity Original Sin. Right, like I'm curious about the RPG they make, having seen that game in that system, um, and maybe that's, but that is me projecting a lot into a trailer that, like, as I rewatch it here, I'm like, ah, I don't know. There's no, there's nothing to tell me that Austin's wrong. This is more just a leap of faith into like, well, they're they're kind of three for three on the last things they made for me. The yeah, I never I, played I, Arcs. Is that good? I never played Arcs either. High on my list of things I would like to get to one day. Um, the the like if I can get a little more particular, like you bring up uh, Divinity: Original Sin um, is a great note for me, which is like those are games I believed I would love. Bounced off hard of both of them, like both in terms of I, I think like the core of combat mechanics were interesting, but the pacing of that game killed me. I don't love. I didn't love the writing of of those games. Like it just couldn't it couldn't pull me in. Um, and so. That is one of those examples of a game in this broad genre that we're talking about that I thought I would like, got invested in liking, was like got hyped for, pre-order, you know, did the oh. whole thing, and then and then hit. I was like, mm, not Patrick. Not for me. You're still good. Um, what did you Thank think you. of this? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I will admit to being slightly. I mean, I knew in my head there's no way that they're announcing a game that is going to be like another one of these like that quickly, right? Like it had to be something that was scoped differently. And so like at first blush was kind of disappointed because as much as I think the certain slice of immersion sim that we've, you know, the, the system shock Deus Ex template, that's just been sort of like riffed on for the better part of, or for more than 10 years. Um, I'm not sure I need one of those, but like I'd boot it up. Like that's like, if I'm being honest with myself. And so the fact that it was revealed to them be, like an overhead action RPG, like took a little bit of the winds out of my sails and it's hard to communicate maybe what's special, like w- your thought on like what translates. I was like, I don't, I don't know what translates and that's not going to be communicated in a trailer. That's going to no. be something that I have to like sit down and see a real demo of, yeah. um, and, um, or play it and get a better sense of it. So, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic, but like, whereas like unannounced game, uh, potential was higher then my excitement is for like announced game and now a better sense of what it is. And I love you action are, RPGs. So it's not, that, yeah. that, that, that is not a, a, a hard hill for me to climb. My experience is probably colored a little bit by the fact I was also relieved that it wasn't an immersive sim. Cause it makes me look less wrong on that show <laughs> that, <laughs> that we recorded that people uh-huh, haven't heard uh-huh, yet. Uh-huh, uh-huh, I'm like, Woo! Oh, thank God that doesn't look like a tiny <laughs> dishonored or I would have looked silly. Uh, I have bad news for you, Rob. Survive and unveil the mysteries of the Wild West through the in, through the in, uh, intertwined destinies of its unusual heroes in an immersive sim from the co-creators of Dishonored and Prey. That's hmm. their Steam copy. They're calling it an immersive sim. Uh, which oh, is a, I don't know that I like that. Uh-huh. Hmm. In fact, the word RPG doesn't appear on this page except... No, uh, except as a tag. It's a tag. But in their copy, in both the long and short copy, they're calling it an immersive sim. 
which is interesting. Uh, which is like that's for us, you know. They're well, like, it's not don't in the worry. Style. <laughs> Jokes that don't make sense. Sorry, <laughs> no God one knows what it. that means yet. The episode isn't out yet. Um, this is the thing: is like there could be a fifteen or twenty minute gameplay demo that drops in six months, where I'm like, you know what, I'm on board. I my heart is open to that. But I think maybe that's actually you hit something else for me, which is like I'm not going to get excited about a ninety second trailer unless it's confirming something I already love and know, which is bad like that's not that's not i should know enough to temper that part i shouldn't get excited for that shit either i should always wait for the 15 to 20 minute trailer that communicates <laughs> something about what the game is instead of getting hyped because a name i know comes on the screen um but yeah that was that was the collect that's what a lot of these trailers ended up being for me this for this show like I, the ghost of tsushima was probably the biggest disappointment for me because i was hoping to see that game i was really hoping for them to be like here is 10 minutes of ghost of tsushima and look, what we got was a three minute trailer that was like beat by beat every samurai thing i've seen in the last 20 years you know yeah um uh that's not to say there wasn't news at the show for sure like we got the xbox series x reveal the kind of tower Xbox, if that's what you want. Which, um, hey, you can put it on its side. We can, can you? We have, yeah. yeah, it is It is horizontal and vertical, but it looks cool as a tower, so they're going to market it as like a tower. A tower. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, what else did stick out for people? Um, I will say, well, connected to the Xbox thing, I am not surprised that Ninja Theory is making a second Hellblade game. It looks gorgeous in the way that Hellblade was gorgeous, but Hellblade, a game that I generally liked, but was a game that like walked on a knife's edge of trying to tell a story in which it tried to really put you in the interiority of someone experiencing mental illness. I know that not everyone agreed with its tact, but it's, it's one that it came at. My impression of it was one that like of empathy and even sympathy and tried to make that intrinsic to the story it was telling and it ended in a way where it's like, cool, you try to do an audacious thing that is often imperfect, but maybe you're a mile marker on people tackling similar ideas going forward. I don't know that I left that game being like, you know what I need is like an epic in scope sequel with all sorts of weird monsters. Like you could have done that and just set it in the same world, not that character. Like let's just move, like you'll know, move over here, um, but it's a really striking character design, so I see how you get from point A to point B. And a lot of that trailer looks like I know that I've heard like people that know better than me about like a huge part of next gen is going to be like lighting. Like lighting mm. is going to be one of the big jumps that doesn't come to mind, but is going to be a, a part of why games are so striking or could be so striking with with new hardware. Um, and I think that trailer like demonstrates it's like if that's what we're seeing with the first wave of games that like, I mean, you know, like the, the games can look pretty uh, goddamn incredible. Um, and uh, Ninja Theory is certainly a studio that is known for aesthetic. Um, but so, yeah, I'm, I, mm, I don't like that they're revisiting that well. Cause I feel like they, they took their, their swing at it and it should have just, you should just let it lie. Um, and so I get very nervous about uh, where they could be taking that story going forward maybe it isn't a story about mental illness going forward right it was just that and then it moves on to something else but i don't know it gives me the heebie-jeebies like it just like it makes me like ah like okay you already put your hand on the stove like we don't need to do it again and um so it's an interesting choice but also not shocking um 
And also not shocking, that's the game they chose to tie with it because it's kind of a low stakes sort of game to reveal um, as opposed to something a little more, uh, you know, Halo Infinite or, yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like a, a, a new Fable or, or something like that. Yeah, so. I'm so I'm so curious. I, I think, you know, um, there's so much. If, if the idea that Hellblade has critics, uh, it sounds like news to people listening, it's probably worth spending some time just searching the internet to – get to, to get some alternative reads on that game um because i think it was a game that a lot of folks praised for its for its uh handling of of uh mental health and its depiction of mental illness um uh and there was a lot of like oh here are the groups that we worked with here are the doctors that we brought in as consultants um but it's you know mental health like all things is not a monolith uh and there are a lot of folks who came away from Center was sacrifice. Hell, Hellblade Center was sacrifice. Being like, mm, this this actually bumps me the fuck out. Here is why, and let me break that down for you. And blah 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 blah. And reading that stuff was really useful for me. Um, and so it is definitely it, it is definitely interesting to see them go back to it uh, and to not know like if I was someone who played that game and felt like represented or felt like something good happened would i want them to then be like and now it's an epic proto norse story about right. monster fighting but also if i was someone who played it was like yo fuck this would i want them to double like it's 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 a it's a mixed and also I, yeah it's it's tough because it's one of those things where it's like that criticism i'm mentioning who knows how many how many people at that studio even read that crit you know what I, who knows it's it's so messy the, let the, them make a new dmc come on microsoft just God. you know or they made enslaved right they made enslaved that during the good. west yeah people loved that um what else uh, i guess they they couldn't make a new what was the what was the launch the ps3 launch title that they did oh uh heavenly sword heavenly sword that game was better than like, people give that game too much shit I liked that. Wait, they made that Final Fantasy extension? Did they? Hmm? What? Heavenly Sword. It's Heavens. Oh my God, I have an update. (laughs) 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 There is, okay. The name of the expansion is Heavens Word. Like I said. Yeah. And it specifically says it on the screen. Like it's like, we're going Heavens Word. There is also a group in that expansion called Heavens Word. Ward W A R D sept that is Rob I haven't met the heaven sword Rob yet. I don't know if there's going to be a sword. On. Rest in peace to Rob Zachney or not. will be missed. God, I it's it's a lot. That game is still killing me. Uh the writing is so much better, by the way. The, the, the cutscenes are great. They've they've made such a turn. And also and also I'm still like completely uh, we'll I, we will get into Final Fantasy fourteen at some other point on a longer podcast day because mm-hmm. uh, I still have my issues. There's a character who just quotes Tyler Durden. There's a character who just quotes Tyler <laughs> Durden. Damn it! Uh, in a that, quest might, that story. might be the most appealing pitch you've made about Final Fantasy yet. He, there is a question. Is it, a, Patrick? Yes, because that sounds fucking absurd. I, there is I a, almost need to experience it myself. Every class in the game, every job or class, has its own story, has its own like quests that are just for that story, right? So it's like you remember I talked about the Bard one before, and I've done, I've now done. I've, Excuse me, I'm now leveling like four different classes because I'm broken and don't know how to 
live my life. Um, uh, you have one character have b- multiple classes. You don't have to have an alt. It's not like WoW or other MMOs where you like have to make a new character and start from zero. You still have to start from zero, but you can do it in the same character uh, who can just multi-class and like switch between classes whenever they're not in combat, basically. Um, and everyone was like hyping up the Dark Knight quest series for me and like this is it man like this is that real shit this is this is them at their best uh and you kind of get a quest every five levels from 30 to 50 and then from that point every two levels after that that's like tied to your class that has like unique npcs and stuff uh and the one from 30 to 50 killed me it was just not I was like, this is like, is this your king? Tyler Durden is your king? This motherfucker who for real literally said it's only after you've lost everything that you're free to do anything. Like, like basically line for line, Tyler Durden shit. Okay. All right. Also, yeah, it just, uh, uh, I was ready for the edgelord shit because I was signing up for a class called Dark Knight. I get it. You're going to wear all black. You're going to like summon blood magic and like be pained. But the pitch for that class was basically you are the you are the one you are the one of the few people who hold the powerful accountable in this land of anti-dragon catholics you are the one who holds the priests and the templars accountable and like you, you know you do the ju- you bring justice to where justice is supposed to be uh to those who have access to the levers of justice uh and instead i got for real quest after quest about my main character being mad that people asked him to move boxes around like, it's supposed to be this deep meditation on, like, aren't you upset that you've played 100 hours of this MMO and people are sending you on fetch quests? And it's like, I am, but my character doesn't <laughs> give a fuck. He keeps, you, can't, you can't make that a plot point when at no point in the past 100 hours have you given me a vector for communicating anything in the game. You can't assume that my understanding of my character is that he's a little, like, whiny asshole because someone who was, like, <laughs> old asked him to carry a crate. Carry the fucking crate. This guy is old. Let him fucking carry the crate. It's not a big deal. Uh, anyway, I'll I'll check it in Final Fantasy later again at some point. Anything else from the Game Awards? Did you know there's a, this is the Bravely Default Two is uh-huh. coming out. They were yeah, they announced sure. Bravely Default Two. Yeah, that is the third, third Bravely game. Default game. Hell yeah! Because there was Bravely <laughs> Default, then there was Bravely Bravely, Bravely Second. Second mm-hmm. was the second Bravely game. Yeah, and now there's Bravely Default Two. <laughs> Look, Square is yeah. constantly pushing the envelope on name and how you can name a video game. So, you know, why not go into next gen with them? Yeah. Pushing it even further. That's great. Uh, uh, I guess the other thing was the... Oh, go ahead, Rob. No, I was just going to say, uh, trailers that I hated but made a game look interesting, but I still yeah. hate them. Uh-huh. I thought the Humankind trailer, like, looks like <laughs> sure. that game might be interesting. That trailer pissed me off. Wait, why did it piss you off? Tell me why it pissed you off. Oh my god! Just the fucking really broy dude mm-hmm. talking about his adventures as like an ancient king who just like, man, I just like totally conquered them, man, and uh, you know they su- we struck a bargain, they surrendered, and I let them live, and I'm like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, did you not love the like turn of literally turn of the century, uh, turn of the 20th century, 21st century, rather, um, uh, twee guitar, uh, Wes Anderson vibe. Uh, yep. That was, that was going for That was yep. really And then the motherfuckers wearing a nutcracker outfit, uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, just all gold braid, double breast. Uh, but then of course, uh, purple faux hawk, uh, because then, you know, he's a gamer. 
That's um, how gamers are. <laughs> well, you can either have them slay, say a slur or you give them a faux hawk. Uh, one or the other. That's, that's how you identify them. Um, but the interesting part of that trailer was it does sort of like have this. Uh, it, it's sort of setting itself apart from civilization where it's got this notion of you don't just conquer and absorb entire cultures and civilizations in the sense of like annihilating from existence. Like if you, the thing that's posited in that uh, trailer is that when these two countries went to war and one was victorious and the other wasn't, what emerged was not just the victorious country. What Uh emerged was something new, some kind of different culture, some kind of different nation uh, from that experience. And that's a pretty interesting idea compared to the way this stuff has always worked in forex games. And so an amplitude, if you don't know, like they made one of the most interesting forexes the last several years, uh, endless legend. um, One of my favorite games of the decade for sure. So like, I definitely, this was one of those games that was like, I saw the amplitude name come on screen and I was like, yo, what are they doing? And then it was this. And I was like, I saw the thing you're talking about, the the element of – this is a topic that we've talked about before on like Three Moves Ahead, even what I've guessed it, is that like the idea of history as being one that quote unquote like, you know, history belongs to the victors is is one thing if you understand – that there are other people around to be victorious over. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but in 4X games, one of the worst things is that, like, the, the culture just disappears. There's no notion of, like, assimilation. There's no notion of, like, occupation. Um, and so to see them dip their toes in that direction is interesting. But it was just, like, the vibe of that trailer completely put me off. Yeah, the... Um and to be fair, like marketers are frequently yes. not the people making the game yeah, and fair. frequently don't have much investment in the game. And this, the thing, I think the other thing about that trailer is that it's a trailer that this game is working with new ideas and it is different. And they're trying to dial in, like, how do you sell that? Like, yeah. what is yeah. the idea here? Who is it for? And I think rather depressingly, the pitch that we just talked about on the show, where it's like it's a forex where you don't just like crush and annihilate your rivals and erase them from the map and become a great empire, uh, that can be interpreted as, oh, so it's like the hug box forex. Go, you know, and like that, like, and so I think there's kind of a reticence to say outright that this is basically trying to. Not only I, I think there's two things it's trying it, it seems to be trying to do. One is uh get away from some of the more problematic uh hidden curricula of, of the Forex game, but also it's trying to reinvent a genre that's maybe gotten a little stale, right? Like it like we've seen now so many variations on the Civ format that the need to try something different with that is pretty acute. Uh, but that is a tough thing to sell because it's a new idea. And so that like Selling something unfamiliar can be tricky, but uh, I'm I'm certainly here for the idea. I just did not care for that trailer. Yeah, I uh, I know that there are other. I think there is another. Or maybe there was only a teaser that was out before. I I really again another weird one. It was the caveman in the space station with you're the right. uh, that is what the, it was. Yeah, the EDM. Yeah, Patrick, was- you you might have liked it, but maybe you wouldn't have. I don't know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious to see uh, what this actually looks like. We'll see. Does that have a date? Is that just next year? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I've seen the date. Um, 
Also, I'm not sure I trust the date they give right now. Yeah, fair, <laughs> fair. Uh, I guess, do they do early access for Endless Space 2? Do you think they'll do Endless, endless Access? Or, I don't uh, think early? they did. Why do and I think they're with they Sega did? now, so mm, yeah. I don't know that that's the model. Hmm. I think that they, I thought that they did some sort of, I'm pretty sure that they did for, they did. Endless Space 2 came out early access. Really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, because they were doing, they have that whole thing with like, the roadmap of, of features that can be like shaped by people who are in early access and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I'm curious to see. So maybe that was that before the acquisition. I don't know. Anyway, amplitude makes really interesting strategy games at the very least. So fair to say, I'm curious. I'm oh. curious. Um, what did y'all think of the new control DLC trailer? It's it, not, you know, this is the one now what I want. It's not the one. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, I don't, I don't need reasons to go explore the old house with like higher level enemies or whatever it is. Yeah. Like I'm here for the story. Tell me when that motel opens into bright falls and then we'll mm-hmm. talk. <laughs> well, I, I think they said, uh, but it's early next year is supposed to be the, the first story DLC, right? Like the Alan Wake stuff is not until next summer. I think that makes sense. Ways off. Yeah. Um, Anything else? Revive Telltale. It's doing The Wolf Among Us. Yeah. It's yeah. curious in the sense that, you know, as I wrote in my post about it, like it doesn't change the fact that 275 people were got completely fucked without severance by a management team that completely, uh, you know, mismanaged Telltale as an entity and ended up destroying a lot of careers or at least temporarily fucking up a lot of careers in the process. Um, and this new Telltale um, – you know, some of the creative team is coming back, and uh, you know, I was not surprised. Uh, like, actually, we already did this, right? We did this conversation. Yeah, we did this. Already. We talked about this it. Is in what the, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what? Totally. We're good. We're yeah. good. We're good. That. We don't need to. You're, we don't need to do that. True, I forgot that we did that in the previous one. True big surprise. The eye contact between Vin Diesel and Norman Reedus at the Game Awards because Vin Diesel showed up along with Michelle Rodriguez to announce a Fast and Furious game, Fast and the Furious Crossroads. And Michelle Rodriguez, who was having some fun up on that stage, oh, it yeah. seemed like she'd been having some fun before she got up on that stage. And if they just wanted to leave her up there for another ten minutes, let her host. I would have been completely fine with it. Absolutely. Um, that game. Love to close the game awards with a <sighs> PS2 level license game. <laughs> yeah, I I know we've been saying for years the Need for Speed should just really go for Fast and Furious, but have I haven't said. I have. I've been saying it would you know have what? been a route. In, in terms, I of feel like, they've taken a stab at it. Well, they've taken a number. They've of tried to do street racing, failed. but not right. Not well, like Fast payback last two years ago, the Need for Speed game from two years ago. Payback was the one that was like build a crew and like go on heists, and they tried to, and it was terrible, and they didn't go for it in the way that Fast and Furious goes for it. Uh, in terms of both character and in terms of just like what those actual like uh set pieces look like um so it's like oh maybe they're gonna go for it and then and this it looks it looks like a game it looks like a game that they've had in a vault if that makes sense <laughs> do you know what i mean there's like a mid-cycle game that was like oh yeah this is a this could have come out with fast seven um sorry Fur- furious seven fast six furious seven i don't remember mm. uh so you know furious seven this I respect Fast and the Furious. This is a Fast and the Furious <laughs> respect zone. I want those people to get more. I want Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez to be in video game form. You know, let me. 
let me understand <laughs> family in an interactive Imagine way. Imagine you play that game and the final cutscene is somebody sliding you a picture of Han in his car across the table. <sighs> and it's like, oh no. It's Am me. I the monster? I'm the secret true killer of Han. I what if it's the other way? What if someone slides you a mirror and you look in <gasps> and you're cyber Han? Can I explain <laughs> that this is where I think the series is going? I think Han is a satellite now. They're going to bring Han back. Han is going to be secretly working in the background and is either in a satellite or is a satellite. <laughs> so Han is like he's, he's an AI? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh-huh. Trust I'm me. I'm into that. Yeah. See, this is this is a little, there are little nods I, I picked up from watching uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Just a little, you know, uh, maybe you have to open your, your brain a little bit to the flows of the galaxy to really understand um, what's happening. But that's... Wait, Probably isn't that true. the sure. isn't that the plot to the bouncer? You know, maybe it's a crossover. I don't know. Did we think about that? Hmm? Time for a reboot. Time Wait, for a reboot. A Square Enix presents Fast and Make Furious. Make another Riddick game, man. Make another Riddick. That would have been dope if, if you oh come out and like. By the way, yeah, just put Michelle Rodriguez in a Riddick game. Yeah. He's trying to make these more Riddick movies, but that's those that's just diminishing returns at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, the arc of those movies has not been up, and so put it in a video game. I, and I want to say that's it. Like there were other things. There were an yeah. Apex thing for an event. There was a No More Heroes three thing. I guess you know Final Fantasy, the Final Fantasy seven remake trailer. That game still continues to look like. Yeah, I'm gonna play that. You know, uh, even even the person, yeah, even me who like doesn't love Final Fantasy VII, I'm still like, yeah, I'm in. I'm all the way in on that. I'm all the way in. I'm just I just it, don't need like, to see it until I play it. Yeah, and like really play it. It will like the fundamental questions that I'm curious about, which is like, what do they do with like the plotting and the story where they choose to like cut it like those yep. like those questions. Like I've seen like I don't need it. I don't need to see any more yep. of this game. Like like the fundamental nature of like how they view what it is like to revisit that and what they choose to expand upon and not expand upon. Like, eh, like I won't know any of that till, till next March. Um, but yeah, it looks good. It looks cool. Yeah. And I think that's it for the game awards. Unless I'm, unless I'm so missing anything, the, but it doesn't the, sound like it. The bouncer, they, they go to a satellite, but the girlfriend is, is, is a robot, not the satellite itself. So different, different thing. Missed opportunity is yeah. what you're telling me. Yeah. Yeah. We, do we want to uh, talk about this uh, Instagram photo of uh, Kamel Nanjiani? Excuse, Excuse me? Excuse me? No, I'm not. Whew. Go to podcast. That's not real. That's real. That's not real. He's in a Marvel movie now, man. So uh, I want to read this cut. comment. Actually, it's, it's actually a really Excuse fascinating. Me? Uh, so, Excuse uh, me? Yeah. So Kamel Nanjiani, yeah, my you know, boy's been most hitting that ring a, fit. A, being in a... <laughs> <laughs> Is this what happens if I do it every yeah. day instead? Yeah, if you do Ring Who's, Fit every day. Uh, mostly known for being in comedy, Silicon Valley, and um, uh, is also going to be in a big Marvel movie next year called The Eternals. Um, so anyway, he posted this today. Um, he wrote, I'll read the comment. Uh, I never thought I'd be one of those people who would post a, a, a thirsty shirtless, but uh, it, I've worked way too hard for way too long, so here we are. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Uh, we got to retire that phrase, people. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> Uh, I found out a year ago I was going to be in Marvel's Eternals and decided I wanted to transform how I looked. I would not have been able to do this if it wasn't for a full year with the best trainers and nutritionists paid for by the biggest studio in the world. I'm glad I look like this, but I also understand why I never did before. It would have been impossible without the, these resources and times. He goes on, thanks a bunch of people, yeah. and makes a couple of jokes. But 
I thought it was like, like actually like straight up useful to be like, you see these transformations happen to a lot of these like superhero movies. And it's like, oh yeah, you just like hit the gym, bro. And like, this is what happens. And he's like, nah, like what if you had infinite fucking resources for people to reshape your body? Not that you don't still got to put in the work, right? Like it's no, no one lifts the weight for you, but let's not pretend like that just happens because you sign up for a gym membership and uh, your body looks like that. It is, uh, yeah, millions of dollars were spent to make that body. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like it was his and just job. Just admitting that is like for... a small little thing, but like not nothing. I thought that was cool. I'll be honest. I missed the I missed the dad bod on it. Like this it'll, is this you know is impressive. it'll come back. It will come back. I hope. <laughs> so what you're saying is you want the Eternals to bomb, so it's not like several movies, who, and then Kamal has to go back to who is he in the Eternals. Could that person I don't know anything about bod. the Eternals. I don't know anything about Eternals? that corner of them. They're, They're the dumb. people who made the Celestials, I think. Yeah, and also sounds like it's going to be the... <laughs> They're the big fucking... Do you see Guardians of the Galaxy? Wait, was it the other way around? Was it yeah. the Celestials that made the Eternals? The, the Yeah, sorry. The, yeah, Celestials, the Celestials made the Eternals. This reminds me of that Onion um, headline where it was like... Uh, like marketing campaign tries to convince people they like Green Lantern. <laughs> and it was just all this like gaslighting marketing where it was like, hey, it's the Green Lantern, this guy who you know. You love him. He's your favorite. Do you know the new guy? Isn't Galactus, is Galactus a, a celestial? I don't think so. But I it's think, on that scale of yes. like, you know, like a, like a, yes. like a, the, Galactus the, the, is this, like a, is, is certainly in that same like galactic cosmic cosmic Marvel shit. If you're right? making a class of yeah. like character, if you, if you had a, fit if you within had a, a celestial, if you had a trading card that Skaya uh-huh. had like, on the back of the trading card, it said power, skill, intellect, <laughs> uh, <laughs> speed. Those would all be at the same level as Galactus, the Celestials. Uh, so, do you know the new gods, Rob? Yeah. D- no, for real. Do you? No. He's making it up. Okay. You know who Jack Kirby is? Yes. Okay. So Jack Kirby has this career uh, uh, in comics um, that is really groundbreaking uh, and is is you know makes a bunch of characters that we all know and love, including um, I believe Silver Surfer and and Galactus, but mm-hmm. also just like so influential in the Silver Age of Marvel in like figuring out what the Avengers was, stuff like that. But also, when he goes to DC and he starts making this comic called The New Gods, which is this like post-apocalyptic sci-fi sword and sorcery mythological epic about about kind of celestial beings. Um, uh, Do you know um, Darkseid from DC? Uh, kind of like he's great. Like he's like it was Thanos, was Thanos, before, Thanos before Thanos. But now yeah. people think that Thanos is going to be before Darkseid, which is not, which is not exactly how it worked. He's uh, a big blue guy. He's a big blue kind of guy like with a, like rock skin. The uh, one that he, is he, an apocalypse. Yeah, I was gonna say looks apocalypse adjacent. Yeah. Well, it's complicated that you say he is an apocalypse because he is the ruler of the planet apocalypse. Of, of apocalypse. Yes. Um, apocalypse. Yes, 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 yes. The sixties. I know. New oh, gods with is a like, K, right? Okay, yeah. New gods is like, what if you took one of the best comic creators of all time and were like, do some like wild sixties drugged out space cosmic, just have fun. Yeah, epic. Um, it's like Glorantha in space, Rob. It's like it's like that style of. Like fantasy myth 
telling uh, huge, you know, battles between between armies, but also deep interiority of people who are gods, and but maybe are they really gods, etc. Uh, and on the scale of even DC comics, they yes, they are basically that powerful. Then Kirby comes back to Marvel and is like, "Do y'all ever hear about the Celestials and the Eternals, <laughs> who are?" Not the new gods, um, oh, shit. and it is okay. not it is not one for one necessarily, um, except that like the new gods, the Eternals is a story that Kirby ended up never getting to kind of finish. There's kind of like hanging threads forever. Um, I'm very curious how the Eternals land, like because you, I don't know that you can do the Eternals the way you do Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy is playing in that same basic pool of like space Marvel of galactic Marvel. Um, but it is cheeky and snarky and grounded because of the way that they've put focus on Quill, uh, Peter Quill, right? Is that, am I getting that yeah. right? Yeah. Whereas the Eternals just like <laughs> is not that, or like, you know, I guess like Thor Ragnarok kind of gets in a similar space and you could theoretically well, like the first do it Thor that is way. Like, play, like in some ways played like the stuff that happens in Asgard is played pretty straight as like, being like a soapy melodr like it like it's well it's directed uh, by Kenneth Branagh. He directs it. Yeah, like that's what I mean. That's why they picked him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, he, they yeah. picked him because they wanted it to be a Shakespearean drama. And I've always gotten the sense, little I know about the Eternals, that it was like it's way more over in that direction than it is in unless they I guess invent a cheeky character that then becomes like the audience. <laughs> See, that sounds good, but that. I think one of the arcs of Marvel has been to sort of like sand that kind of difference and texture out of things. So it all fits together so that I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We're like, I am truly curious. Who's leading that movie? Who is the lead? It's huge. I mean, Angelina Jolie oh, is wow. one okay. of the main characters. Um, okay. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a. Who it's is a directing? Cast. Do we know who's directing? Uh, it's, you know, it's in the endless of, you know, Marvel picking up a um, independent okay. uh, director. Um uh, Chloe oh, Zhao. Chloe, yeah, yeah, Chloe Zhao, who did Song My Brother Taught Me. That's a that's a um, wild, that is a wild, like, you're right, it is, Marvel does do this. Marvel does be saying, this person won awards in 2014, 2015, mm-hmm. let's give them a huge budget <laughs> and make them tell a, listen, I, there are worse people that, I, yeah, I'm interested, I'm interested. Make Marvel weird, that'll get me back into it. Uh, the worst those movies, the worst those movies start reviewing, I'm sure the more interested I will end up becoming or being in uh, mm-hmm. with them, which my stupid taste. Um, anything else going on? Do you want to hit anything else besides? Selma Hayek is going to be in that movie yeah. as Ajak, the leader of the Eternals. Sure. Who? I don't Ajak, know. Ajak, the leader of the Eternals. Ajak Eternals. Yeah. Okay. I believe that that's a person. <laughs> It seems. Look, I've had like conversations with like Casey Malone. Like we privately talk about that. Like, in uh, you know, I mentioned this Discord that Austin and I are in. Like, I, him and I would would are the only ones that care to talk about like the daily minutia of the Eternals. Where I just was like, I'm gonna stop posting MCU updates because it's just I post them and it's just you and me talking to each other. So let's just no post them. Keep posting them in there. I want to see those. I post the big ones, but it's just like small casting decision related yeah, to like okay. some small thing. Is like that's cool. Like we don't need to drag this out here. Yeah. Anyway, 
he is also my touch. He's a much deeper on, you know, I've experienced most of Marvel through the movies and then like learn from there. Whereas he's much more invested in the comics. And even he was like, I don't fucking know who the Eternals are. (laughs) He's like, I knew, but like, I don't. It it ends up being. Also this, this, this image of the Kato posted of Thanos, dark seated apocalypse next to each other is incredible. (laughs) It's very good. Um, it is one of those things where it's like most of my understanding of both the new gods and the Eternals comes from, the ways in which those characters get re uh, revisited in the 2000s. Um, mm. Neil Gaiman did a did a run in the Eternals. I want to say in like 2007, 2008. I, I was working. Maybe it was like 2009. I, whenever I was working in that comic shop, uh, um, <laughs> uh, uh, and then and then um, there is some great New God stuff in Seven Soldiers of Victory. Um, by Grant Morrison, uh, there's like one of the main characters, and that is is a new god, or is a yeah, is a new god. Um, and I, Seven Soldiers of Victory was is definitely one of the comics of that era that stuck with me the most. And um, uh, I guess maybe sorry, the it's just called Seven Soldiers, the series, the Grant Morrison series, the the kind of historic, the historic. Uh, you know, superhero team up was called Seven Soldiers of Victory. Um, but but boy, I love Seven Soldiers. Anyway, comics and movies. Mm-hmm. Rob, is this the place that you want to very briefly say that do you're I not having more time? We, 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 we can you sure, No, we can really? Do you want to sure? Come on, why not? Here's your soapbox. This is I'm, it. I made it. I'm putting it under you. No, but I don't. Because I don't. Because I don't have anything worth getting onto a soapbox for. Ah. That's okay. Will, you can just you can just cre- like, come on. Get, you you had a take on Mandalorian. Get we we might do it's a waypoint. So this year. old fashioned and so very little happens. Like <laughs> like now that we are out of those initial episodes, wow. I don't have a, I don't have a take. Where, like those initial episodes where it lays out the overarching plot and the stakes, and there's interesting character dynamics, and we see mm-hmm. them more than once. Now that we're out of that window. It is. It really is just him doing really boring routine adventures. It's Xena, Warrior uh, Princess, and Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's to like, complain about? I'm, I don't I'm even know if that's a bad. In. I don't even know. I you it, know. I, I guess I don't to think me, it's like, a really bad thing. I think to me, I think if you'd watched a lot of that kind of sci-fi over uh-huh. the last like 15, 20 years, The Mandalorian is deeply unimpressive sure and it is simply it being tashless brand that is allowing a pretty mediocre version of this kind of show to enjoy this kind of prestige dog um, droids go a long way for people th- they do that's they not do. a joke like i was like oh it's a gunk right yeah no no for sure <laughs> um but rob I think- gunkowski is this anything <laughs> Um, but okay, so, but the most recent episode was like kind of, it was one of their better episodes in a while. Yeah, and it, was it a horror encapsulated movie. why it pissed me off. Huh. Hmm. Well, do you wish it was like prestige from- TV? So I'm gonna be just to lay the groundwork. I watched the first three episodes. I was like, ah, okay, I see what this is. Uh, I did expect it to go the route that most that most kind of peak TV or prestige TV era stuff goes, which is. Increasing, you know, relationship uh, with the characters, with with the lead character and their interiority and understanding who they are. Um, a drip feed of big plot stuff that then boils to a, a big seasonal climax that shakes the status quo. 
um, and a move away from the sort of serialized storytelling where there is a reset of the status quo at the end of every episode and there is kind of a forward progress because that's what TV became or this that's what TV with this budget became right like there yeah. is plenty of there are plenty of canceled shows on on Fox that, that were just serialized procedural storytelling in a sci-fi mode sometimes or or not other times um, and this had the sheen of a show that would be on an FX or an HBO or a Netflix or an Amazon Prime. This looked like it was trying to be The Expanse, but about a bounty hunter in the Star Wars world. And it just, it, 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 I guess it isn't? No, no it, it really isn't. I think Kung Fu is actually the better sure. analogy, right? Um, and Kung Fu is a great show. It, like, it, cool premise, uh, and then the adventures themselves wildly variable in terms mm-hmm. of, like, quality and uh, text. But I think, for me, I look at it and I'm like, I, I'm not asking it to be The Expanse, right? Where it's telling one serialized story uh, that advances week by week. Shit, did that drop? But I do yeah, – it did, Kato. It's yes. We're, we're going to get in on it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is my but holiday plan, by the way, think, is, is c- catching up on that. I, I think the thing I want to see from it is maybe something a little bit more like Deep Space Nine or Farscape, where you're doing, you know, there's an A yeah. plot that is yeah. advanced along with individual adventures, and slowly you build out a sense of world and place and society and rules with characters that pass in and out of, uh, you know, the story, you know, kind of like comets. Maybe that's where this is going right now, but like, this most recent one introduces a bunch of people who have allegedly like deep back con- backstory connections to the Mandalorian and they're discarded like trash because mm-hmm. they're meaningless. They're just, they're, they're just cutouts for him to completely crush and demonstrate that he's uh, more clever and badass than they are. But this notion of, Oh, he's getting back with the old gang is ends up being, so weightless right? that when the turn finally comes, I just didn't care. Though I did love, Patrick, the shot of him in the hallway with the strobe lights as he's closing in on that dude. That is one of the, maybe they the turn, best Star Wars moment into years. Jason Voorhees for about 10 minutes and it's great. Yeah. But I actually even pushed back. Oh, this is turning into a void point. We need to watch those series. But um, part of what I like about the character is that he's kind of like a, a bumbling buffoon. He has his moments of like, ingenious that often come from when he's pushed against a wall and he pulls something out of his ass. But it's part of what I love about the second episode of the series is like, nah, like he kind of sucks shit at this. Like he's actually not like the armor does a lot of the, I'm a badass for him. His actual actions are like usually him getting his ass kicked. And then, you know, just figuring out some way out of the situation, like MacGyvering it in a way that he pulls out some weird gadget or does something clever. But, um, Whereas that the end of this recent episode is 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 really like it's still him pushed against a wall and then he like uh, unfolds. But I actually like that he's kind of like not that much. He's a badass, but only like it spurt, spurts and uh, and bits. Otherwise, he's he's really not very good at his job. And much like Boba Fett was just a guy in cool armor. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. If you really looked at the win loss record. Yes. Yeah. I uh, I really appreciate this as the as, as based on your descriptions the finally the American answer to Doctor Who. Um, something that should be better than it is that features kind of a bumbler who sometimes can appear to be a cold-hearted badass. Yeah, who that has a a, a lot of investment in in throwing away world building. You're in a place that you think is really cool, and then in a week it doesn't matter at all. Uh, the, there's even a companion. 
Uh, this time it's Baby Yoda. I'm hoping next time it is an old Ewok that uh, the Mandalorian used to be in a love affair with, uh, and they have to come together and get past their differences for a season. So I'm only half kidding. It is it is very Doctor Who in structure in this way, um, but it's weird because we just you're. Uh, it, I understand the the expectation a hundred percent for what this thing should be. Part of that expectation, honestly, is also even Star Wars' own fault. Not only we, I mean, we cannot get into uh, Rise of the Jedi, or sorry, Rise of Rise of Skywalker, uh, uh, you know, pre-release discourse, discourse, it's be shit. A week. Um, but even just looking at stuff like Clone Wars, like the Clone Wars, the TV show. Um, uh, the cartoon that that ran for for years, I think, is still running in some, in, you know, or is going to come back shortly. Um, that raised the bar for Star Wars fans to expect a sort of serialized or a sort of that blend of serialized and and long form storytelling that that uh, a, a kind of you know thirty minute or hour long show can provide if it's done well. Um, there's like even creative overlap between Mandalorian and Clone Wars, so. I, I kind of wonder if it will get there in two seasons. Uh, and I'm curious if that's the degree of investment that is going to go into that show or if this is going to be a one and done. No, they've already, they've, they've, done. They're, they're, they've already promised the second season. So at least okay. that's, 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 yeah. that's happening. That's the thing is like, I, I rewatched some of that first season of Clone Wars recently. It's like, this is bad. This is not a good show. Uh, uh, they, oh, see, I, so they I just started watching it yet. for the first time. Which, yeah. cl- which um, Clone Wars? Because there were two not series. The, yeah, the second series, the series that was okay. very long running, yeah, yeah. not the, um, not the, what's his name? Gendy uh, Tarkovsky, is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah Gendy, yeah, yeah. not, not, not the, the, no, not yeah. Tarkovsky. I think we uh, know. Tarta, Tarta, mm, Tartakovsky, Tartakovsky, let me get his name right. Tarkovsky's Clone Wars. Yeah, finally. <laughs> oh. Slow, slow dolly shot through I, like ranks of, <laughs> of Sparty cloning cylinders. The under. seven, the seven minute unbroken shot of the Trade Federation ambassador on a ship slowly coming in for Doc, just looking at his face and the reflection of the of the the space station in the in the reflection of the car love it two Great hours show. of jedi trying to negotiate passage on a smuggler's freighter freighter see oh, to get there we need to have the mandalorian <laughs> only be okay <laughs> oh fuck destroy copyright let me make this um yeah but the, the so you started watching it the 2008 the clone wars tv series yeah cg cartoon yeah yeah yeah, yeah. CG. What do you? What was? What is your take been on that thing so far? Um, right now, I'm mostly interested in how interested in it is in being military sci-fi. Yeah, which it caught me super off guard, is, dude. Like, like all from episode the- one, yep. They're using like elec- electronic countermeasures. They're using like jamming. They're throwing up uh, false trails. Uh, they're overwhelming targeting computers, and I'm like. And in a way that's internally consistent, which Star Wars increasingly does not care about. Yeah. But this is very much like, remember when the X-Wing books came out and particularly Aaron Alston just reimagined it as like a mili- military sci-fi procedural? Yeah. I, I was like, oh, this is that what the show's doing? I thought it was going to be like 
Jedi having cute little adventures, and instead you got Yoda being like, <laughs> you know, activate jamming and, <laughs> and, and spoof their sensors. Like, he's General Yoda in that series, 100%, yeah. especially at first. Like, um, that's a series that cares a lot about the the clone troopers, right? Like it is yeah. it is called the Clone Wars. And it's not pretending Hang on, why to- did they turn against the Jedi? They're all friends now. I can't imagine yeah. this crew of stormtroopers obeying Order 66. And yet, how's that happen? And yet, you know what? I think this is a, a play to find out what happens situation, Rob. <sighs> I think you gotta you'll get there. You'll get Are they to not your- gonna be friends? I you know, <laughs> who could say? Who could say what happens? Uh, here's a question. What happens if they disobey orders now? You know, like I, there's, there's, you know, who could say what would happen if, if I have to watch more to find out, you're going to have to watch more to find out. There's don't worry, Rob. There's only 121 episodes. Jesus Christ. So Though far. I don't know if I have time for that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Are they half hours? They're, They're half, half hours. Yeah, yeah. It's a cartoon. They're 21 is it, minutes. Is it weird? Whatever, right? Is it weird that Mandalorian's a half hour? I love, I love it. A half hour. Uh, me too. Could you imagine how insufferable that show would be? Unless oh, that was- one, that one where they just drove through the desert to find Ming Na Wen for like five minutes to be like, "Hey, it's Ming Na Wen," and then like fuck all happens. No, that doesn't need to be an hour long. Unless, <laughs> unless it's, it's unless- <laughs> So I'm saying. <laughs> This is so. Anyway, the point is well. This is the thing that's so weird is I think the Clone Wars cartoon, the CG cartoon, ends up being really good about a lot of the stuff that we're we were wishing that the Mandalorian would be really good on. And Dave Filoni, who was a key was one of the key creatives on the Clone Wars TV show, is also one of the key creatives on on the Mandalorian. Obviously, uh, John Favreau is is like the lead, but Filoni was like on all of those panels. His voice is in the room, you know. Um, so yeah. You know, it's it is what it is. My hope is that it improves. I still have to, again, I still have to catch up with it. Um, but but yeah, is that it? Are we done this weird episode that was half waypoints? I think so. We did a waypoints episode in here between Mandalorian, <laughs> the Patriots. I know. People should check out the Wraith Squadron books. Is all I'm saying. You know what? Yes, agreed. <laughs> I, I like to read. They books. might actually hold up better than any of the other Star Wars. They books. should make a Wraith Squadron. Mm. Show. They should, man. Fuck. Like characters don't got plot armor, plot armor in that one. Nope. Like you're just reading along, oh. and it's like, oh, I love this character. Think about the stunt then, casting. You blam. Could do. Yeah, think about it's the stunt war. casting you could do with major character. Mm, that'd be good. Mm. All right, we should wrap this up. <laughs> Uh, by the time you hear this, uh, we, I guess, no, you, if you hear this tonight, if you hear this on Monday, you will still have time to send in your questions to our special our special holiday edition uh, gaming question bucket. What is, the, what is the subject people are supposed to use, Patrick? Do you remember off the top of your head? Uh, I can pull it Holiday out. hot takes. Holiday, holiday hot takes. We already got some hot in takes. here. I've oh added some weird uncanny group thing happening in my inbox. <laughs> is there? Do you think there's like some overlap happening? Well, there? maybe that's, that's not the right. Like, I'm assuming that is oh, the correct oh, subject line I, yeah, because I have like 200 emails. Yeah, with, we have oh, a bunch of these. Good. <laughs> can, can I pull we'll get one? Five of them. Can I just pick one randomly as a preview of what we're looking for? Hell yeah, yeah do it. Here we go. Holiday hot takes. This one's in from Mike and Victoria. Best food to go out and have on a snowy day. You don't have to specify the location, so your secret hangouts remain secret. But specify the food. Bonus points for adding a beverage. Go. How long do we have to answer this? Are There's we answering total, it? Yeah. Total of 90 seconds, right? Yeah. Kato, start the yeah. timer. Yeah. I'm on it. Go. I'm looking at a timer. All right. Ramen. 
Hell yeah. Fuck. Give me I was going to say ramen. Yeah, that's a good one. Ramen. That's ramen's the, this, this question doesn't need 90 seconds. Yeah. Ramen, it's done. It's ramen. <laughs> unless, unless you got a good steak and kidney pie, at which point maybe we have a debate. But I have an what? answer for this. That My tummy's got room for two. <laughs> you could do a small oh bowl of ramen with God. some steak and kidney pie on the side. That sounds great. You mm. know what I'm going to do? You catch me at the Uno's Pizzeria. Sorry, the Uno Pizzeria ordering a <laughs> steak in the middle of a blizzard. None of that Excuse? shit's supposed to happen. And also a nice beer. I'm going to be the one in there because there's one kind of near to where I live and it's pretty easy to get to. Even if it's blistering, <laughs> oh. I just put some boots on and yum. Uh, I might do the beer, but you know what? If it's, a, if it's a wintry night, give me the strongest Manhattan you can possibly Ooh. fit into a glass. <laughs> Irresponsibly large. Yes, I will pay extra for the Carpano Antica. You, got, you make sure you got it. <laughs> At the Uno Pizzeria bar. Love it. Patrick, ding, Cotto? ding, no, you know, 30 seconds left. Patrick will have uh, ramen, but anything else? Anything on the side? Um, a nice apple pie? A coffee? Ooh, ooh, sorry. The drink of choice for me on a, on a snowy night is a hot toddy. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I want a steak? Oh, you can have it separately. You can have it it's separate. an experience. It's, a, it's an experience. It's a it's a it's a it's a <laughs> oh, dessert <shit>. drink. <laughs> Appetizer, marrow, marrow, it's spread oh, over toast. Yes. Roasted marrows over toast. Oh. Done. P.S. People made the wow. lasagna burrito, uh, and everyone who has shown us their lasagna burrito. <laughs> We're out of time. It looks good. Shit. I, I, I can conclude that with if you go to my Patrick. Twitter account, I've been tweet threading the lasagna. I'm not answering the question anymore. I'm addressing something separate. <laughs> I've been tweet threading <laughs> this all is how of we the get lasagna burritos. With uh-huh. time. <laughs> so just go to my just go to my Twitter account. And you can see like the six that people have made. It's it's truly the arc of it of like just rustic people not know what to rustic do people? To the, rustic the artist people. The, you know the, the the food looks rustic it's like <laughs> oh, you know we're, we're trying out here but the artisanal arc yeah. of the food is oh, i want to eat these so bad yeah i'm, I'm i want to eat them so bad i wish we could have a festival a lasagna burrito festival <laughs> where people like you have like a chili fest you know what i mean mm-hmm. we do that with lasagna with, with <laughs> lasagna burritos burrito whatever it was called so i right. show it to my house in like a week and a half with like the makings to he's like do you want to hang out and just like have some beers and talk like no i'm here to make a lasagna burrito That's in your it. kitchen move your shit out of the way oh yeah, patrick no. uh, you should know i have a long history of saying i'm going to cook something really quickly but i'm bad at estimating how long things will take and so yeah, that's like shocking. i'm like i will serve food at 5 for dinner but then it's like 9 p.m. and the thing still isn't done and i'm like nobody eat it's almost ready it's almost ready don't now no. imagine that happening Put those at your house. away you're not allowed to snack i need your your tummy ready no more pretzels quick note here you wouldn't serve pretzels rob would not serve pretzels came in from nate Taleji Adeleji, shitty dude, but great name. Yes, it's a Final Fantasy thing. Y'all don't worry about it. But his name is Taleji Space Adeleji, and that dude fucking sucks. I recently had to do a mission for him. I had to go. I, I'm done the part of the story that he's the focal point in, but I had to do a like a starter mission thing for XP because I was leveling a new character, and it was about helping him find his turtle and fuck that motherfucking turtle. Let that turtle be free. That turtle should not be with Taleji Adeleji. Okay. Get okay. him the fuck out of here. Old Dolls <laughs> better without him. All right. I'm done. How do you? If you have questions, oh, you can send them to gaming at device. What was he at a ledge? Every the what? What is happening? Teleji at a ledgy. That's all. It's T E L E D J I space A D E L E D J I. Teleji at a ledgy. Uh, he fucking sucks. Fuck that guy. I will. I will find <laughs> that motherfucker in the street. I will kick him in the face. Wow. I don't. Mm. I'll put it this way. He's part of a group called the Monitorists. 
So mm. he is he is <laughs> the the politics of old da and the divide between the syndicate and the and the and the the sultana is really interesting and it's really the regular people of of the old state who get oh. caught up in the All you had to say you know? was that he was a lalafell with a fucking mustache. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> It's Dan Waypoint Radio. We learn <laughs> racial profiling in the world of Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV. One look at off. that guy. I should have known. I should have known. Guy. Fucking no. Lalafell with a mustache. Just lock him up. He fucking sucks. He sucks so bad. Anyway. That's it. Oh, That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. I love a number. I have a lot of Lalafell friends. <laughs> Natalie plays okay. a Lalafell. <laughs> yeah. All right. Probably not with a mustache. Shout though. outs to Alfalfa Sprout. Shout outs to Alfalfa Sprout, a name that will not show up in our holiday episodes, even though we almost talked about some some of Natalie's Final Fantasy exploits. All right. <laughs> Again, were they the, Final Fantasy exploits? You know, no. What? Holiday <laughs> hot we just takes is the subject. Holiday hot takes is the subject. Send those into gamingadvice.com. We'll record that episode tomorrow, so you have about. 24 we have like 12 hours to get those in for <laughs> yeah. a chance of coming up on the episode uh we'll talk to you then uh twitter.com slash waypoint austin underscore walker a underscore kato underscore peers rob at rob zachney at patrick klepik damn uh shout outs to bowen oh Let's, i don't like the look of this lalafell this is what the fuck i'm saying rob okay. <laughs> he shows up and he is like he is like I am someone who is very um, uh, open-minded about working across the aisle. I I think what's best for little doll is is that we come together and like don't oh he's being a lot he is not a good person. That, is that this the first don't trust person him. you meet in little doll? He's like the Sydney Green Street of Lalafell. <laughs> Uh, he might be. I didn't start in Old Kata. We'll have to explore this. Yeah, no, I haven't met once this. you finish. No, I haven't met this guy. Once yet. you finish uh, this, <laughs> the, the the ARR stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's it. Shout to Bowen for letting us use the track. Miss you off the EP panel machine. Find out more about that. Waypoint has no such BOEN. <laughs> I already did the other stuff. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm falling into a ditch. Fuck capitalism. Go home. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. That's what it sounds like to fall into the ditch of capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. If it's a shorter podcast, we're good. It's fine. Yeah, listen, I didn't know. I I did play a short hike, so. Okay. Oh, because of me? Great. Yeah. Hell like, yeah. Okay. okay. Let's go. Cute. Time that is. <laughs> ah, fuck. I don't usually have yeah. to do this. <laughs> All of a sudden, my headphones just went to one side only.
That's, well, that's not fun. good. <laughs> Just the holidays. That. One side only the podcast where Austin reviews only the A sides of yeah. classic LPs. And then I cancel it because I decide they're super problematic. Uh, <clears throat> LPs is a concept. LPs is a concept, yeah. Um, I did not cancel that podcast. That podcast is still going in my heart. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you want to do 13? Sure. Sure. Okay. Oh, we should also do like just like 10 minutes on whether we think the Mandalorian is good. I'm so far back on it. I well, I can I can speak to it. I can speak to my f- fear of watching it at this point. Um All for right. finding it not to be good. Let's, let's just know, wait. Let's, let's wait just go. Let's just rip. wait till after Christmas. It's a grab bag. No, Patrick, um, I gotta get this off my chest. Rob has to go in. <laughs> All right. Don't spoil shit. I have to watch shit still. Oh, don't worry. Nothing happens. So okay, it's well, that's, unspoilable. I, mm, that's not true. I also think that's not true. Yeah. Like, I agree. not, yeah. 